the trial of Derek Chauvin in the death of George Floyd continues. And man, I got to say after today and after the other day, to me, I think intent is off the table. I feel like if if the jury sees what I see, and they probably don't because, you know, who knows? I don't think I'm always right about everything. But I look at this and I'm just like, wow, was it bad for the prosecution? I'll just give you a couple of the big points. The defense apparently got the got Floyd's vehicle searched eight months later, found a speedball with his DNA on it. This is like the big story that's breaking right now. I mean, boom, right there, you've got causation changes. Who actually was responsible for the death of George Floyd? Was it Maurice Lester Hall, his friend who was dealing? Or was it Derek Chauvin? Well, I'll tell you this. The state brought in a paid expert to testify, to say the things the state wants the jury to hear. And in cross-examination, the defense said, based on active resistance, Derek Chauvin would have been in the right to immediately approach George Floyd and tase him. Tasers, as you know, can be lethal, cause cardiac arrest. The defense pointed out, however, Chauvin chose to use a lesser force option of restraint. And the state's witness agreed that George, that, that Derek Chauvin used lesser force. It's crazy because he had previously testified that using the restraint was excessive force and the defense effectively got him to say, well, couldn't he have used more? Yes. So it wasn't excessive. It was less. Yes. Boom. Intent is off the table. If Chauvin had the opportunity to use more force and decided not to do it and to use less, I don't see how you prove he was trying to hurt this guy. So we're going to talk about all this. We got a bunch of other stories too. We got stuff uh, about Project Veritas, and we got gun control stuff. We'll get into that. Joining us today is Brandon Tatum. What's up? What's up, man? Glad to be here. Introduce yourself. What do you do? Who are you? Oh, I'm I'm Brandon Tatum. Some of y'all may know me. I'm I'm online. I'm a little YouTuber guy. Um, I speak around the country. Uh, I'm a former police officer. I was a police officer in Tucson for six and a half years. Um, That's about it, man. Um, but you're gonna you're gonna be able to give us a, a a view into being a cop. You were a cop for what, like six? You said six years. Six, six and a half years, man. I was an FTO, just like Chauvin. Um, I I was on the SWAT team. I did a lot of stuff on the police department. Um, I testified in court plenty of times. So I think uh, we could talk about some good stuff on. It's this. gonna be interesting, considering the questions being posed by the state prosecutor and the defense. I think you'll have probably a really great take on it. So we'll we'll jump into it. We got Ian. Eastern. Yeah, it's Ian Crossland over here. Just found mm-hmm. out all our dads were firemen. Yeah, <laughs> chief and a couple lieutenants. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Me, in the, me in the corner pushing buttons. My father was not a fireman. I feel very left out, but I'm here. Yeah, only the firefighters <laughs> here. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to, we're going to, we, we want to jump into this news. Before we do, make sure you go to timcast.com, become a member to help support the show. We're going to have a, a special exclusive members only segment after the show. So, if you want to watch that, go to timcast.com, become a member. We got a bunch of really awesome segments, even full on episodes. We got like a full bonus episode with Michael Malice talking about the keys to success, giving, you know, we give advice that was given to us that we thought really helped us. And then we got Jack Murphy. For some reason, there's a picture of me holding a flintlock pistol. You can learn what that's all about by becoming a member. But before we get into big news and get the show going, make sure you like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell. Your comments, your likes, all that stuff really does help because, you know, you're basically telling YouTube, hey, we like this show. This show is good. And if you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, or any other podcast, then Give us five stars, leave a good comment, and share the show with your friends. It's the best thing you can do to help out the show. We greatly appreciate it. But let's just get straight to the news, man. No more waiting. This is where it gets crazy. The Daily Mail reports, Derek Chauvin jury. Here's how his defense team found half-chewed speedball pill in patrol car with George Floyd's DNA on it eight months after cops searched it. So this is in the patrol car. So we already had this. I don't know if you saw this uh, early on, uh, Brandon. The judge said that it looked like George Floyd ingested something. He put something on his tongue, a pill or whatever. Now we got the, all of this stuff is, 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 is it, all right, I, I just got to slow down. It's crazy. The defense has not even begun its case yet. 
The defense has not even brought in its own witness. And already we're hearing that Derek Chauvin could have used more force, that even one of the witnesses to, uh, agreed with the defense that Chauvin's knee was not on the neck, but in fact, on the, on the, on the shoulder, between the shoulder blades. So this is all striking at intent. Now, the craziest thing about all this, with all the stuff going on, the media keeps telling you, because we talked about this last night, the media keeps telling you, oh, the cop said Chauvin bad. The cop said Chauvin couldn't do this. And they get all these people in the prosecution. They get all these cops coming up and saying like, Chauvin shouldn't have done that. That was excessive force. And then the media comes out and says, see, look, this is it. They haven't proved that they haven't proven that Chauvin was innocent, not realizing the most important thing. The, the, the burden of proof is on the state. The state can come out with all the cops in the world, given their opinion. But all the defense has to do is poke one hole in one argument. And that's it. So now that we got the story dropping about a speedball, which is fentanyl and methamphetamine mixed together, being found in the patrol car with, with Floyd's DNA on it, causation could go, goes out the window. Now it's like, okay, what really caused the death of George Floyd? Because we have the medical examiner's statement, but what is the jury going to believe? Is there going to be reasonable doubt? So we're, we get this tox report. It shows he had fentanyl, norfentanyl, methamphetamine in his system. And then the defense seems to be doing a pretty good job with the state. So you combine that with the state's uh, own witness saying that Chauvin could have used a taser if he wanted to, but chose to use a lesser amount of force. I think intent is out the window. Yeah, I think I think it's going really bad for the for the state. Um, I don't think that they're doing a really good job at proving um, their case. The burden of proof is on them. It's not the defense. And people may think it's the defense, but it's not. And just because a police officer does something that's stupid or maybe that other police officers wouldn't do, don't make it criminal. Um, none of that matters. What matters is the law. What's on the books? What is his what what are his charges? And can the state prove beyond a reasonable doubt that those charges are effect are in effect? I don't think that they will. I think that that uh, Officer Chauvin did a bunch of stuff that I wouldn't do, but I don't think that there's any malice, any depraved mind, which is in the statute, of him trying to kill George Floyd outright. I, it, so that's it's not murder, there. murder two and three gone. Yeah, what mur about manslaughter? Murder two and three gone. Um, <clears throat> and, and the and the manslaughter charge is is obviously with the intent or with negligence. Or knowing that you're doing something that could cause the death of a person. So yeah. if he was kneeling on his neck with the knowledge that his unreasonable action will cause the death of George Floyd, then that's where they can get him at. Now They can't prove that, man. I don't think that they can prove that. I don't think they've done a good job at proving that. Because you can look at the video footage from today where they show the angle of his knee is facing towards the patrol vehicle, which would not be at the proper angle to be consistent with being across the neck of George Floyd. It's, it's showing that it's a, um, maybe a part of his neck and on his upper shoulder area, which is how the maneuver is trained. I did the maneuver like that plenty of times. Never put the knee on the neck, but you do put it on the upper back. People think it's the neck. Well, well check it out. Even if you're, this is what people don't understand. Even if you're trained to put the knee on the back in a heated situation, with someone actively resisting, using their feet to kick, people surrounding you screaming and threatening you, is it reasonable to say that someone might poorly execute the maneuver? Well, in, in, well, I'll say this. I don't think this is the situation where, unless you're a trashy cop, that any of what happens should cause you to poorly produce any maneuver. I mean, George Floyd was pretty much subdued. Um, he had two people on his back. 
Chauvin had pretty good control over over him on the upper part of his body. He requested to be laid on the ground. I don't, I don't think George Floyd wanted to fight. He didn't want to go to jail. Right. He didn't want to get in the car. He'll say whatever he needs to. He was hoping that somehow he had a medical emergency where they'll take him to the hospital and probably not in the back of the patrol car. That's why he was complaining and making all these claims. Therefore, they would nece- it would necessitate them to call the ambulance and not take him to jail. And so I think that's what that's what George Floyd w- was attempting to do. However. I've been in situations that were way more intense than what Chauvin was going through. Now, of course, I wasn't on the scene, so I don't know what he was feeling. I don't know the energy that was there. I don't know the effect of the people that the people had on him, but it wasn't that crazy. I had people who were way crazier. I had dudes who were way stronger, who were actively lifting police officers up while they were on his back. He's, wow. he's on the ground lifting them off their feet. Whoa. Because he was so high on drugs. Now, that's a situation where your knee may slide from the shoulders to the neck. And now you're in a position where you're, you're probably fighting for your life. Because if he ha- happens to get up, he's going to hurt you. If you, you got three men can't hold him down, he's going to probably hurt you. So uh, this is what I'm trying to say. And I'm not trying to say in, in any way to defend Chauvin. I'm just presenting a logical defense in, in terms of you know what the defense could be bringing up. Chauvin could just be a really bad cop. Like, he, like, bad and, like he doesn't know what he's doing. He's he's just some people are good at basketball. Some people are not good at basketball. You know what I mean? So sure. Chauvin is in a situation where it's not that intense for manslaughter. Like you said, it's got to be negligence. Like you were doing something that could have reasonably caused harm and then you killed somebody. But if Chauvin is trained in Brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, or ground control techniques and they're like, here's what you do. And then he goes Duh, like this. It does it wrong. How can you argue that he was even trying to cause harm in any capacity? If he was trying to use a ground control maneuver that the cops are trained to do, and he's just not good at it, yeah. how do you get him on a crime? Yes, yeah, so you, you, I mean, you're 100% correct. I mean, they cannot expect that everyone's training, and they brought it out, the defense brought this out, that everyone's training is not 100% consistent. You have a little stick figure that's on a picture that shows a little bit about how you're supposed to do things. I did training. I train officers. Some officers train things a little differently, even in the same police department. They may be a little more aggressive and say, oh, it doesn't matter if you if the shin touches the the base of the neck. Uh, Some officers say you better not touch his neck. Same department, same training staff tells you a different story. Now, when you're in the heat of the moment, which the defense brought up, you can improvise. You may improvise. You may make mistakes. And the bottom line is that did the mistake that he made cause the death of George Floyd? Because nobody cares if he made a mistake. Nobody cares if he's a crappy police officer. Nobody cares if he did the maneuver right or wrong. It doesn't matter. Because if he died from taking a bite out of a speedball, if he, you know, died from methamphetamine and fentanyl, he was actually dying from the moment he put it in his mouth and he was just a ticking time bomb. Then none of what the prosecution is bringing forth is going to matter. You, you saw what happened with Maurice Lester Hall, right? Yes. So he's he's the friend of George Floyd yeah. who was supposed to testify for the state. Plead the fifth. Mm-hmm. He pleads the fifth, but more than that, his lawyer comes out and says, "Yeah, he could be he could incriminate himself in third degree murder charges yeah. in the death of George Floyd." It's like what? I was the, surprised. The judge was the, the jury wasn't in there for that though. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's why I was surprised she said that. I was like, "You're making the case for why he should probably be charged, right? You, you're saying that he shouldn't say anything that incriminates himself, but you are articulating a, a, an incriminable uh, a, a a defense or at least a incriminable. I, I, I made that up today. So, <laughs> incriminable. incriminable. I don't know what I don't know what word to use. An incriminating yeah. statement. Incriminatable. That can y'all can use like that it. now. No, you put it on the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so an incriminating statement that could 
raise questions. I, I, I don't understand why, why she would do that, but he was culpable in that right. situation. And, and, and I, I want people to understand that as well. And that's what the defense is bringing out. And the jury may not hear that statement, but they can see with their own eyes that us a lot of people that were culpable here. Oh. I mean, even the, the firefighters and even the medical staff and even the dispatcher, all of that leading to a delay in the firefighters getting there, possibly delaying um, George Floyd getting medical treatment. It's all everybody. All these people are, are, are now slightly culpable. Yeah. So to put all of the blame on Chauvin, which is what they're trying to do, is is not a really good strategy that's going to pass. It just feels like they want to scapegoat. They, they, they have they, to. They, they, they made him the number one villain because he's the guy you can see with the neon George Floyd. There are other cops there, too. And there were cops that were there before he got there. And, you know, when, when this all first went down, everybody basically watched the video and was like, dude, that's messed up. Like, yeah. he shouldn't have done that. But that's, I guess, we all fall for this sometimes because we don't know what was going on. So the, 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 uh, the defense pointed out that Chauvin received a priority one call. You know, sirens, lights, rush to the yep. scene. We've got an active resistance from a guy who's six foot six, 230 pounds. And so this is where it gets crazy because then he asks this, okay, this is, this is important. The state literally paid this guy. What, how much did they pay him? 10,000. 10,000. 10,000 to pay him right there. And then they paid him another like 30 some hundred just to show up in court. So to be a consultant or expert witness, 10,000. And then they paid him short. So this court. guy that was the state paid to come to tell the jury Chauvin did bad basically says that Chauvin, as soon as he got that priority one call and heard there was active resistance, Chauvin could have walked out of his car, drew his taser and, and just fired at, at, at Floyd. He could have if he wanted to. And that would have been reasonable in, 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 his, in the expert's opinion. <laughs> That's insane, yeah. the, man. The temperament, they, the defense was able to establish a well-mannered temperament, which kills the deprived mind, depraved yeah, mind right. articulation in, I think, the third-degree murder charge or whatever. It, it kills that articulation because I, people have to understand, level one calls are the highest priority call that you can get. The highest that mean an active shooter. That means somebody's killing somebody. Mm-hmm. There being a man with a gun are all level one. That's the highest priority car you and can that's get. That's what he got. Is that that's, and, and, that, and if he got a level one call, which I think came out in court, your adrenaline, because you can't see the scene. Yeah. You only have a mental picture of what you produce based on your train, on your experiences. So when you hear rookies, on the radio saying, we guys fighting and, and they're struggling. You can hear it on, on the radio. He's on drugs or whatever at Cup Foods. It, it seemed like Cup Foods is in a hood. It yeah, seemed like yeah. they all kind of stuff happening at Cup Foods. But when you hear it over the radio, you can't see George Floyd. You can't see a guy that's cracked out of his mind, you know, a myth out of his mind. You can't see if the officers really have control or not. You are going off of your own memory and experience. So when the, when the level one call comes out and you hear it over the radio, your stress level goes out of the roof because you're imagining the worst. He's probably imagining that these rookies are getting it handed to him yep. by this big crazy guy that's high on these drugs. And when he get there, he sees that he's sitting in the car. He calms himself down. Right. He's not an out of control, deranged, I want to kill a black man today police officer that they are presenting him as. And he's five foot nine, 140 pounds. Oof. And he knew right. Chauvin. That's or great. he knew Floyd. They knew each other. They worked together. In I, the past. I don't, well, a, I know that bar, they worked right? at the same bar, but I don't think it was proven they actually knew each other. They were both. I, the uh, statement yeah. was that they never interacted. And it never, that know. has not been That's talked a, about in the last few months. Yeah, because I, I, I think that what, what people fluff that up because they want to have a cons- conspiratorial angle. Yeah. But, in reality, you can work in the same facility with somebody and not be, um, not know them. 
You know, yeah, I, I did off duty. Apparently, yeah. uh, they they worked in different parts of the building, different shifts, and they're hired yeah. by two different. I mean, it's like right. a two different hiring processes. So yeah. I'm pretty sure Chauvin worked off duty as uniform police, which that goes through the police department. I'm sure George Floyd was hired through their staff, probably in a one to one or maybe an agency. It was two How about different this? agencies. How about this, Ian? What if you're right? What if Chauvin gets his call? Priority one call. Get the lights on. Speed there quick. We got a six foot six, 230 pound guy. He's fighting with these rookies. The rookies are freaking out. He can hear on the radio. He's resisting. We need backup. Chauvin goes, Oh man. He starts sweating bullets. He hits the gas. He pulls up and he goes, Oh, it's, it's Floyd. Puts his taser away. Walks over and says, Let's mm. put him on the ground. Floyd said, Put me on the ground, man. Put me on the wow. ground. So what if Chauvin was like, Oh, dude, I know this guy. I'm not going to tase this guy. Yeah. What about that? That's also possible. Crazy. Yeah. Well, which it, man, that hurts the prosecution oh, because definitely. it makes it seem like, oh no, he's personable. He mm-hmm. knew him. That's why he didn't tase him right away. That's why he didn't. He didn't go. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't go hard on him like I would have. I would. I would have gone hard on him on Floyd. On Floyd initially, not on the ground. We wouldn't have gotten to that point. And the reason why is because you don't want to get to that point. You don't want to get out of control. You don't want to get a person getting too confident. And then they start yeah. doing all this crazy stuff. And now you have to use crazy amount of force on them in the end. Like they, kicking they, himself but, but out but of think the back about of the this. car. Like, get yeah, me yeah. out of here. And then, push. And, he, and then he falls out and bumps his head and, and, and breaks his neck. But, and you're going to be liable for that. And, and think about this. They put him in the car. And Floyd on the body camera is saying, put me on the ground. Put me on the ground. And he's kicking. And so Chauvin goes, all right, I'm, I'm going I'm to give him. I'm going to do what he wants. Chauvin right. should have been like, no, we're not so, putting you on the so ground. Get in the were, car, dude. If you were harder on him earlier, he, he wouldn't have had the opportunity to like command you to put him on the ground. Yeah, you got to make a decision. You got to make a decision. And these guys were rookies. So they, they don't have a lot of experience with these high intense situations. And the guy's big. And they don't know Floyd. He could start swing, you know, he could start going crazy on them and they're, they're out there flustered. So in the beginning when he was cool, you'd be cool with him. If you're going to try to attempt to put him in a patrol car, you need to either put him in there or you don't put him in there. Yeah. And if you put him in there, you need to start accelerating. Because you're going to have to get him in there. Mm-hmm. If you play around with him, he's going to, I can't breathe, and he's going to kick himself out of the car on the, on the ground, and now he's on the ground, and you're not going to get a six foot six, 230-pound crackhead, uh, a meth head, into a patrol car after he's prone on the ground. He's never going in a patrol car after that. Mm-hmm. So if you want to put him in there, you put him in there. You use force, and you put him in there, you make him Dude. get in the car, it, and then it, you shut him in, or you cr- don't. This is crazy. I mean, when you go through the body camera footage... And based on what you're saying, it sounds like they went. I'm not, I'm not trying to say. Well, I'm just going to say it. It sounded like they, they were they they didn't do enough. They they weren't. Ag- I don't want to say aggressive. It's not the right word. They weren't assertive enough. Yep. They didn't. They didn't put him in the car, close the door, and leave him there. They opened it up. They played around with him, like you said. Yeah. And if they just told Floyd, "We're not putting you on the ground. We're not going to do what you're asking. Yeah. You're under arrest." None of this would have happened. I, I believe so. I mean, I've been in this situation before, plenty of times probably a hundred times. And when you let people get an inch, they take a mile. You have to experienced police officer will be able to diagnose very quickly that George Floyd is either having a real medical emergency or he's not. He's playing. He's, he's, he don't want to go to jail. This is what they do. They claim a medical emergency so that they can have the police, the, the, the ambulance come and they hope to go to the hospital, hoping that you will. Cause what happens is if, if you swallow drugs, Right. A fake, a, a, a fraudulent $20 bill isn't a serious charge in many jurisdictions. They're not going to waste their time trying to go too far if you end up having a medical complication. So typically what could happen is that you have a medical complication, you claim it, you have some type of reaction to swallowing drugs, 
instead of you get in the back of the police car, going to the substation, you go to the ambulance, go to the hospital. They have to pump your stomach and do all these other things. Many police departments do what we call long form, which means they leave you and they follow up with you later on. And they may not even arrest you, take you to jail. They may give you a ticket and walk away. And so a lot of people who are in the system, they know the game it. They either swallow the drugs and claim something, or they try to get themselves out of going straight to the jail. Did you guys, uh, <clears throat> where, 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 do you, where were you a police officer? Tucson, Arizona. Did you guys have I-bond? I-bonds? No, that I, is? what is that? So I think that's what it's called in Illinois, where they basically arrest you, but I do air quotes, because what happens is the cop will walk up to you, say, you're under arrest, fill out a form, sign this, oh, yeah. you're free to go. We call it sight and release. It's called a paper ticket or whatever, because every... Like, you still got court? Yeah, it's it, it, it's basically the same as arrest, but they just right. don't bring you to the station. So what happens is they give you a ticket and you sign a ticket promising to appear in court. If you fail to appear in court, now they can get a warrant for your arrest. So yeah. it's the same process without booking, because what happens is, you know, in many of the police departments, people don't notice that if the county runs the police, the the jail, the police department, the city has to pay for every person they intake. Ah, and that's a money that could ah. be a money grab. <laughs> so what we did as a police department, people who were uh, DUI. Um, well, no, not DUI, but people who are marijuana in possession of marijuana, because in Arizona the threshold is two pounds, and then you, you, you know, <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> then that's then you got to go to jail. You're but like anything with you guys got a yeah, huge yeah. bag, and you're like, you're at one point nine, you're good. Dude. Yeah, you're one point nine, dude. You <laughs> smoke this all day, and so it's a usable amount, or what they call a personal use. So anything under two pounds, you can cite and release people de- depending on what you want to do. So what we would do is we'll cite and release them in most cases, unless you're, there's more, you know, circumstances surrounding your arrest, yeah. like multiple arrests or whatever. We'll take you to the jail cell. Either way it go, you're promising to appear in court either through booking or you're promising to appear in court on the side of the road. And uh, if you're not a big threat of fleeing, they'll just sign your ticket and you'll walk away. You ever have people you saw doing like a nonviolent crime and you're just like, I'm not going to. Yes. I'm not going to mess with this guy. Yes. All the time. So, like, what's, what's a good example of that? If, if you well, it, like somebody's drinking alcohol. Like, you yeah. know, I'll be going to another call prior to call or doing a beat and I see the same drunk. Because, because um, you know, drinking alcohol in public is a, is a crime. Same drunk out there on on public property, on private property, drinking a, a forty ounce, and he's just drunk. He's gonna drink that thing and go behind the building, and nobody cares. He's just, he's the neighborhood drunk, or he's gonna go off to a, a house and, and, and uh, squat. It's waste. It's a waste of my time because there are people who really need my services. Maybe if the day is slow, I may go in and address the gentleman. But other than that, you know, you let them go. You know, sometimes you see a person. You're like, was that a hand to hand or was it not? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And, and nowadays, if you are white, I guarantee you they're looking like, oh no, nah, it's not worth it. Do I want to be on the news? Do I want to go to prison? Do I want to lose my job? If the cop is white, if the, if the cop is white and the perp right. is black, because you're like, if this turn into a fight, it's over. Hand to hand is where it looks like they're handing each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, they're handing drugs. You may shake hands. They could just be shaking yeah, they hands. Do that. They could be shaking they hands swap. or whatever the case may be or whatever they're doing, or they could be selling dope. But do you want to go down that path when you got an hour left on your shift mm. and this could be, end up being a fight for your life? Dude can pull a gun on you or whatever. Cops do make those decisions. I don't, I don't know how prevalent. I never had to be put in a position to do it, to make a decision on a hand to hand. I worked the midnight shift. Nobody's out. You're doing hand to hand at 12 o'clock at night. It's on. But I, I, I got to wonder if the state is, is actually throwing the prosecution on purpose. Like, I'm reading this, this, these blog posts from Legal Insurrection. They got great analysis. You look at ABC, CNBC, you know, and whatever, and they're basically like, the police say Chauvin did this wrong. Police say Chauvin used excessive force. Witness says Chauvin did this. And they're only telling you one side of the fight. 
So it's like the way I described it yesterday is it's a boxing match where the commentator is saying like, you know, oh, Brandon hits him again, hits him again, hits him again. And they don't, what they're not telling you is that for every time you hit Ian, Ian hits you five times. Yeah. So then when the, when the ref's like, Ian wins, people are like, what? People are being set up to believe that Chauvin's going to get convicted because of the mainstream mm-hmm. headlines. But anyway, I digress. I'm reading these, these, the, the, the legal insurrection analysis about the state's own witnesses constantly backfiring on the prosecution. They bring in this MPD officer to, to talk about like training use of force. And he's like, Oh, I once did the same thing. It's like, <laughs> Oh, geez, dude. And so I'm wondering. And I'm not saying it's true. I'm just saying it's a, it's a thought. Is it possible that the state is like, if Chauvin actually goes down for this, we're going to get 200 cops just quitting overnight. They're not going to want to work. Because like you mentioned, right? If, if you're a white cop and you see, you know, someone doing a, ha- a handoff or whatever, you're going to be like, oh, dude, I'm not going to be that guy in the news being called a racist. How many cops are going to look at what happened with, with Chauvin and be like, am I next? Am I going to be told to go and subdue some guys on drugs? And then they're going to try and put me in jail for it? Uh, yeah, I think that. Definitely the second part of what you said, meaning that cops are going to have an adverse action to Chauvin getting um, prosecuted, especially when the case is so weak. I don't think the prosecution is trying to throw it. I just think they don't have a lot. (laughs) This was all conjured up on BS from the very beginning. This is only getting attention because he's it's a white cop and a black man. And and the video is kind of intense. Like if you just look at it with a naked eye, you're like, dang, that, that looked really bad. So this is the only reason why it's getting this much attention. Other than that, this is no different than like Eric Garner. Right. I mean, Eric Absolutely. Garner was presumably choked, which it wasn't a choke. I don't care what nobody said. He didn't choke the guy. He presumably choked um, the gentleman, and then he subsequently died from complications of a heart attack or whatever whatever stuff that was going on. He was a ticking time bomb. Well, the knee on the upper shoulder back, was accelerating the ticking time bomb or maybe had something to do with, maybe had something to do with the ticking time bomb of George Floyd. So if the guy in uh, the other case got off, then why would Chauvin be prosecuted for a similar reaction? That, the, the, so the, the cop in the Eric Garner situation. Eric Garner, that's, I can't think of his name. Yeah, Eric Garner. He, he got he got acquitted. Is that what happened? Yeah, he got fired, but he got acquitted. Right, right, right. Yeah, and Chauvin, I knew Chauvin got fired. Yeah, and he's going to get acquitted if, if it keeps going the way that it's going. And like I you think said, I think what happened to Eric Garner is is tragic and ridiculous, and it makes me pissed off at the at the system and the police department. The dude was selling Lucy's, you know, he's like sitting on the street corner, he's like giving out single cigarettes to people. So they try to they try to uh, arrest him for it. Now I get it, you know. Uh, <laughs> Brett, Brett Weinstein said, you know, he's he's a smart guy. In order for a society to function, cops need to be able to arrest the people. You know, and you you can't resist. Cop walks up to you. Yeah. You're not going to win a fight by getting trying to get into a fight with a cop and refusing and resisting. You, you got to win through the system and it's not perfect and it's not great. But then I just think it's kind of dumb that this dude was just standing on a street corner. Well, let's put it in perspective. Do we really know what he was doing? We, we don't know. We weren't there. He was saying, I'm just doing this. That's a good point. He was just, that's what he was saying. I, I've never met a criminal say, I, I have maybe once <laughs> that says, come arrest me, officer. I'm doing all kind of crimes here. <laughs> Let me write down the crimes that I'm committing so I can go to prison for life. Nobody's going to do There's that. There's actually the famous story of that guy who robbed a bank for $1. And then after oh, the, yeah. he went and sat down waiting to get arrested because he had cancer, and oh. he wanted to get health care from prison because he couldn't otherwise oh, he yeah, die. Yeah. That's a crazy story. Say, I had a guy. I had a guy. We were we were in a midnight shift, man. I'm just hanging out, just finished crazy, writing crazy case reports. And we're at the QT getting ready to get some donuts. <laughs> this guy come up to us screaming, arrest me, take me to jail, help arrest me. And we like, dude, stop. What, what is your problem? <laughs> he pulls out a bag of weed because we said, we said, no, we're not arresting you. We're not. He pulls out a bag of weed. It's like, arrest me now. And we all looked at each other like, 
who's going to write this case report? <laughs> so some people do it. They do it. Why do you do but, it? But, but Eric, well, he, he was high on drugs. Yeah. <laughs> and he was, he was uh, schizophrenic. So he oh, was afraid yeah. people were trying to kill him. Mm. So he wanted to go to jail to be safe. Mm. And he happened to have weed in his pocket and he presented it. And that we took him to go to a doctor, man. Yeah. I know. We, we, we took him, we took him to, we, we took him to jail. For for a few reasons, I think he ended up having a warrant. He, yeah. did, he wasn't possession of marijuana, but he can't get help from jail. They they will refer you to medical services if you have that uh, problems in jail in in, in uh, Tucson. You ever see the movie Watchmen? I don't think so. I, don't think so I love that movie. It, it was a it was a it was a much better comic graphic novel. But uh, uh, in the movie, it's basically about a bunch of superheroes, vigilantes. They wear masks. Uh, that's they, like they were masks. Yeah, it's like part of the premise oh, is that a bu- they're not necessarily all super powered. There's people oh. who put on costumes and then fight, you know, crime. Oh. And uh, a law passes where you can't wear masks anymore. Like mask vigilantism is a crime. And so there's a scene in the movie. I think it's in the comic as well, uh, where these two heroes are reminiscing about this one villain who's constantly like, "Arrest me, arrest me," <laughs> and they're like, "We'd always ignore him." And then Rorschach, who's like this, he's one of the characters. He's a moral absolutist. And they're like, whatever happened to that guy? And then Night Owl goes, Rorschach dropped him down an, dropped him down an elevator shaft. <laughs> it's like, Yikes. Yeah, but that's what it reminds me of. The guy walking, walking up to you being like, arrest me. Here's drugs. Take me in. Yeah. Well, yeah. In, in, in the case of, um, Eric Garner, like this is, this is the thing that, that, that I think is a twofold thing here. Eric Garner shouldn't have been breaking the law. He had been arrested 40 some times before this one. Some wow. of his arrests included selling Lucy. Some of them inc- included resisting arrest. But you got to think about capitalism and freedoms. The store that's selling full price cigarettes is getting gypped because you got this guy who refused to work for the store or get a real job is selling cigarettes for a cheaper price right in front of, right in front of his business. And the store called the cops. Store. I, I don't know if they called the cops in this instance, but somebody called the cops because they showed up, not unless they were surveilling him. Right, right, right. Which right. these guys look like they were in plain clothes, but I don't know if they you know, were PD. I don't know if that's the way they do PD in, in, out there or not. The, the, the problem I have is, you know, when I see this video of the Eric Garner situation, and I'm like, it pisses me off. I see the George Floyd thing, it pisses me off. I see a lot of these videos that everybody gets pissed off. And in my initial reaction when these stories started, you know, becoming prominent through social media was sympathy and support for the activists. Then I started actually looking at the evidence. Then the George Floyd thing was basically a big punch in the gut for me. Because when the George Floyd thing happened, conservatives, liberals, moderates, everybody was pissed off. Everybody. I, I think I was pretty upset. Yeah. Yep. Everybody was coming out and saying, nah, this is, this is not good. We want justice. And here's what pissed me off. Then the evidence comes in. Then you're like, oh, geez, dude. We, we, we all jumped the gun a little bit. But here's the problem. When people who are like moderate, liberal, conservative, of any persuasion, actually investigate and find out, Oh man, we were, we we might have been wrong on this one. They come out and say it. Mm-hmm. When they think there's injustice, they call for justice. But these leftists, when they're wrong, they just stop talking about it. They just ignore it. it just disappears. Yeah, and they have to. You know, for me, I always maintained that I thought that what he did was dumb, and I, you know, that guy caused a, a hailstorm that didn't need to happen Definitely. because George Floyd could have died, but he could have he could have played to the camera. You know, you you're a white man on a black man. And he's saying, I can't breathe. He's crying for his mama, even if he's wrong, even if he's lying, even if he's playing. You play to the camera, dude, yep. because the optics are just horrible here. Mm-hmm. And, and the dude is subdued. And if you need to jump on his neck again, you can. But to just sit there with your hands in his pockets and then he d- goes unconscious and you still don't do anything. Right. But I never said he will be found guilty in the court of law. 
And I think I think the reason why is because I know policing, you know, and I, I reserve my opinions on a, on a court of law because all the evidence is, hasn't been presented. And these things keep occurring. Like Breonna Taylor is another one. Yeah. You know, they keep saying that these people are are unjustifiably killed by police, creating an environment of of, of hatred towards police, which is a big lie. It's, it's all a farce. There are some people who were killed by police and they and they didn't deserve to be killed by police. You know, I think Walter Scott was. Um, oh, was it Philando Castile? I think, I think yeah, Philando, Philando Castile was the only iffy one for me. What happened with him? He got shot. He was reaching. He was reaching for his identification, presumably, and and he had a gun in his pocket. So to the officer, it looks like he's reaching for the gun. Mm-hmm. It was a legal gun, and he was in his car. No, 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 no. Let's talk about that. Oh. It wasn't legal because he was smoking pot. No, not at the time because the toxicology results that came back in the court of law in his trial deemed that he was intoxicated, meaning that he had ingested marijuana at the time he got his permit, and oh, therefore he illegally obtained. A, a concealed carry permit. Interesting. And even while he was illegally in possession of a of a concealed carry permit, he was violating the law at the time of his death right. because he was carrying a gun and he had uh, uh, illegal drugs in his possession. Yeah. So he was in possession of illegal, illegal drugs while carrying a firearm. So he was all kind of messed up. And but does that mean he need to die? No, it doesn't. But what what it speaks to is the the questionable nature of what is the cop seeing and what is he doing? And he's reaching. He said for his ID, but the cop sees a gun coming out of his pocket. He should have had it in a holster. He should be responsible gun owner. And and it probably wouldn't have been that iffy gray this, area. This, this is where I get more little libertarian and all this stuff. <clears throat> I don't blame uh, an individual cop for the most part. I understand individuals bear responsibility for the actions they take, for the orders they follow. But if we're asking cops to effectively you know, be neutral arbiters of the law, not saying they always are or typically are, but that's the idea. It's like, okay, we've all voted. Legislators came in, passed this law. Now we got to have people to enforce the law so we have cops do it. That cop's not playing favorites. You know, first of all, he doesn't want to get jammed up and have his time wasted by someone doing something dumb. And you're going to argue and claim, oh, I should be allowed to do this. I should be allowed to do this. Look, man, I know what the law is. You know what the law is. I'm, I'm, I'm doing what was asked of me by the community. The problem I see is, I see though is the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. It doesn't say anything about whether or not you smoke pot or whatever. And I also think the war on drugs is wrong. I do think there's a, there's a fair assessment about, you know, wielding a gun under the influence for sure. So that's where, you know, things get iffy with, with, with Lando. Uh, but I'm, I'm looking at it like we got cops, uh, the, the Floyd, the Floyd circumstance specifically. Floyd was freaking out because I think the cops caught a mid drug deal. You know, Maurice Lester Hall was, te- it was testified by Floyd's girlfriend. She was, that he was the, he was their dealer. They find the speedball. They see the blood in the system. I think what happened was it was a $20 counterfeit bill, not a big deal. But when the cops showed up, Floyd was like, we're, you know, it's like right now it's going down. This is serious charges. So he freaks out. If it wasn't illegal to do drugs like that and you had a right, I don't think he would have freaked out. I don't think he was driving. You can't do that while you're right, driving. Right. That's true. So that's, that's true. Good point. This is, this good is point. the point that some, that some people make and it, and it sounds good in theory, but in application, it doesn't work. If, you know, if you are, you see how crazy he was. You see him in the store. You saw him. He was jumping and how, struggling how, to stand up at some point. How is he operating a motor vehicle? Mm. But then you, you also see that because of his drug habit, he's now using a counterfeit money to purchase things yeah so he's in a sense he, he's in a sense of desperation so if the counterfeit money doesn't work what is he going to do next to get his high what is he going to do next to get what he want he's going to start stealing things he's going to start robbing people he's going to start breaking the, he's going to start breaking other laws that affect other people if you were smoking crack in your own house n- nobody cares 
I'd never, I've never f- caught somebody smoking crack in their own house. I never, never. Cause I don't I'm have. I'm gonna a, randomly break into yeah. his house. There he is. There you go. Kick the, oh, he got crack everywhere. And you know what happens if I just kick his door in and get all the you crack? Go, you I get want? Tra- lamb, well, first lamb. of all, I'm getting fired and then none of that stuff is, all of this is suppressed in court. He'll yeah. never go to jail for it. It's a fruit of the poison tree. Yeah. So, it, you know, Exclusionary I, rule. I have already started down the path of, of, uh, doing illegal stuff. None of that's going to count. So it, it doesn't happen. So. But but what I do see is that the reason why Philando Castillo and these laws are in place that a person is a possession of a firearm with illegal substances is because of the drug game. It's because of drug dealing. It's because people are violent. All of these young people that are getting killed in the inner city are getting killed in this ring of drugs, gangs, gun violence, all of these things which are trying to which police are trying to combat via the legislators. And so it's not a big deal to me because I don't carry illegal drugs on me while i'm carrying my firearm i just yeah. don't do it if i want to smoke weed i just smoke at the house and and if i most want to smoke it illegal just smoke it at the house well yeah legal in most places now it's legal in most places yeah. arizona just passed a law yep. that is legal in arizona i don't know if it's in effect yet but yeah, they, they passed a law which i think is counterproductive but at the end of the day i don't care police don't care they don't care like about people doing drugs? About people smoking weed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, it's not, a, it's not a big deal. I, 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 I got these stories from the South Side where it's like, you know, my 16-year-old friends would be, like, hanging out skating at a park or whatever, and they're smoking pot, and they would see, like, a cop pull up, and they'd all freak out and, like, throw it, and the cops would laugh. And there was one story where apparently, like, my, like my friends were at a park. They're smoking. They see a cop roll up. They freak out, throw the pipe. The cops laugh and go, yo, we don't care. We're looking for a guy who's, like, 5'10". <laughs> he's wearing a brown shirt. You right. see him? Like, no, he's like, Later, kids. And they just peel, they just drive off and they're like. Yeah. I mean, the freak out that people have is probably the most dangerous because yeah. Floyd may have been able to beat the case in the court of law for the, if he didn't freak out and be weird, he, it would have just been a counterfeit thing and the, and the store could choose not to prosecute. I, now, I don't know if that's the way that they do it there, but in the state of Arizona, the store has to prosecute. Your crime against them doesn't matter. Well, it's the state that. That brings charges. Not, not in, not in, so, so, so there's a, you know, there's a, a time period in which crimes can be prosecuted and not, right? So if I go to a convenience store and I steal candy out of a convenience store and it's just shoplifting, I committed a crime. A store can say, I don't want to prosecute. Therefore, the police department will not arrest me because the store didn't want to prosecute. However, they can prosecute as long as it's within a year right. or so of that crime or whatever, whatever the limitation statute of limitations is for that particular crime. So even only thing that changes in the state of Arizona, and it's probably universal across the board is domestic violence. So a woman getting her butt kicked can't say, no, I don't want to prosecute my baby daddy today. Uh, no, the state picks up those charges. She has no choice. Yeah. Other crimes against persons that are not involved in domestic violence, people can decide not to prosecute. Well, my, my understanding of that is that what, what's actually happening is the prosecutor, the, the, the prosecutor say without a witness, we wouldn't win. So it's 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 always the state versus, you know, the people versus yeah, the person. Ultimately, it's the state. But we make those determinations at the police level. So if, we if, will. If there's no complaint. Right. What are you charging the person with? You exactly. Know I mean? Exactly. Yeah. So, so, but they make the, but technically they make the decision. We still, right. we still report it. We still follow up in a, in a detective can still follow up with the case and they can change their mind. But at the, at the moment, most people, they don't want to prosecute because George Floyd is a crackhead. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a drug Meth. user, meth user. Yeah. He probably smoked crack too. I'm Fentanyl. sure. But he, he uses drugs. And so when the cops showed up, Maybe he would have come in and reconciled it and the cops could have assisted him in doing that. But he panicked because he got his dope dealer who had a bag of drugs, probably. Mm -hmm. And he panicked and swallowed dope. And I know people personally 
who sell drugs and who have done things like that. And that's a, that's a common occurrence. They swallow dope because if you swallow it, now you don't have it in your possession and you can't be charged with it. They call it hooping. Yeah. That's what he said. That's what I've learned in the last few days. And uh, he said it blatantly to the officer. I was hooping well, so, earlier. So, yeah, but the way Slang. PBS reports that is it meant bla- basketball. Yeah, right. I was playing basketball. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> that's probably why yeah, it's coded like that. I'm sure that. he's not playing basketball as high as he was. Hmm. He ain't oh, he's lying. It. Yeah. Always lying, but no, but or, or, in your experience, is hooping typically referred to as swallowing I mean, drugs? I, I never heard. I never heard of the term hooping. Yeah, me neither. Nobody ever used that term. For I mean, it's probably cultural. You said hooping for basketball, or hooping yeah, for drugs, for drugs. Either I, I, I've yeah. never heard hooping for drugs. I've heard hooping for basketball. Exactly. I shoot, exactly. I, I've heard shooting hoops. I've never heard yeah, I was yeah. hooping. I mean, I never a heard hoop. a person admit that they swallowed. Right, right. right. They admitted that they swallowed <laughs> drugs unless they wanted medical attention. And they will say, "Hey, man, I like, hey, I, I need the man ambulance. I swallow, I swallowed the." I think he did, did want the ambulance. He did, but the thing is, I think he went about it in a roundabout way because he was so high. Mm-hmm. He was trying to convey to them that I want medical attention because I don't want to go to jail. But he didn't want to go ahead and admit that I swallowed the dope that homeboy just sold me right here in front yeah. of the store. Let's try to buy with counterfeit money. Let's right, let's pull know, up the story. Uh, we got the story from the Hill because this is part of the defense, and I think we should bring it up. Chauvin defense attorney claims Floyd said, quote, I ate too many drugs in arrest video. This is really weird because you can't really hear exactly what they're saying in this video. It's just this loud clamoring. I guess maybe George Floyd said it. But to me, it's like that, that, that Yanny Laurel thing. Uh-huh. If, if someone plays a weird sound and tells you, here's what they said, you'll hear it. You know, mm-hmm. there, there's this really funny song where they have it's like it's like a, it's, a, it's a very short meme song. I can't remember what it was. It's like 30 seconds where they're saying the same thing over and over again, yeah. the same phrase, but the text shows a different phrase. Yes. So it sounds like they're saying different things, but it's the same word over and over and over again. So when they play this video and you can't really make it out and they're like, doesn't it sound like Floyd said I ate too many drugs? You're like, maybe, maybe. Hey, well, so here's, here, yeah. but here's, here's where it gets crazy. The prosecutor says he didn't say I ate too many drugs. He said, I ain't do any drugs. Which one was it? <laughs> well, hold on. He said one of the two, right? That's the argument. So either he said he, he's admitting to it or he's lying because we know from the tox report that he did eat the drugs. So what What do you think he said? Well, I, I, I don't know what he says, and it, it's not going to matter if Chauvin didn't write it in a case report because Chauvin can just deny that he heard anything. But the thing is, is that if the, the prosecution is shooting themselves in the foot again, if he said, I ate too many drugs and Chauvin did not recognize that he needed to be he needed um, aid to be rendered to him. Then Chauvin would, would be potentially culpable in not yep. rendering aid to a person who admitted to swallowing drugs. This is, this and is, the, and the prosecution turned around and said, no, he didn't say that. He said, I didn't do no drugs. Well, then that makes Chauvin even more, you know, a reasonable <laughs> person because he's saying, I didn't do no drugs. So there's no reason to put him on his side in the recovery position. That's, that, that's what I wanted to get to with this story is that it seems like the defense is pulling a bugs bunny on the prosecutors. So you guys, you know, in Looney Tunes, when yeah. Daffy and Bugs, and this is rabbit season and duck season, and, and Daffy is saying, it's rabbit season, and Bugs like, no, it's duck season. Then all of a sudden, Bugs goes, it's rabbit season. And then Daffy goes, no, it isn't. It's duck season. And then Bugs goes, okay. And then Elmer Fudd shoots Daffy. That's basically what happened. They're like, didn't he say he ate drugs? No, no, he didn't say that. He said he didn't eat drugs. Yeah. Oh, okay. So Chauvin should not have rendered aid because they didn't do any drugs. I- I'm wondering, are they that brilliant or it's just <laughs> falling that way? Slipping on banana peels and doing backflips. Be- because what they're trying to argue is, see, it's two things being argued here. They're trying to preserve the, 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 
the prosecution is trying to preserve the character of George Floyd. Yeah. So him saying I ate too many drugs is proving that his character is a drug user and then he's crazy out of his mind. But they're fighting that. They're saying, no, he said I didn't do no drugs. George Floyd wasn't a bad guy. But that's playing into the lap of the defense because they're not caring if he's a good guy or a bad guy. They're trying to decide whether Chauvin was rightfully knowledgeable about him being overdosing, potentially overdosing from drugs. Should he been set in a recovery position? Was he experiencing yeah. excited delirium? Which is, which is another term that I haven't, at least I haven't heard every word of the case, but I haven't heard excited delirium brought up much. I wonder if like the prosecutor or the defense is going to listen to this. And they're going to get the idea because the trial's ongoing. Oh. And then the state pros- this prosecutor is going to be like, the other day we, we, we mentioned that, <laughs> you know, the defense said uh, George Floyd said I ate too many drugs. Yes. You know, we agree. He did say that. Chauvin should have rendered aid because yeah. the defense <laughs> agrees. That's what he said, right? Yeah. That's, that's crazy how that works out that way. It's Try, too late. Trying it's to too defend late. the character, they're shooting themselves in the foot. It's too late now. Can you yeah, play, I know. Do yeah, you have the late. audio? Can you play that audio? Is it available? Oh, I can't. Not on, not on YouTube. Because it's part of the whole YouTube doesn't allow you to show the Floyd incident. Oh, yeah. I don't know how you guys feel, but once I found out that he had fentanyl, norfentanyl, and that was overdosing. And meth. That I just, it looks like a drug overdose death. Well, I, I don't know. Well, just, just, for, just for the sake of understanding fentanyl for a second. Fentanyl is one of the most potent and dangerous drugs you, that, that I know that exists at this point. It is more, you know, dangerous than a horse tranquilizer. It is more potent in little, little bitty grams of it. Um, if you research, and I did a video about this and it showed a Phoenix police officer, and I'll tell you how it evolved. A Phoenix police officer with gloves on was handling a drug laced with fentanyl and he passed out and they had to administer Narcan to him or he would have died Whoa. just for handling, inhaling Dang. vapor from a drug laced with fentanyl. Wow. And our, our, um, department, when I, when I was on the department fentanyl, when it first came to, to re, you know, to our understanding how potent it was, every drug we test, you have to wear a full hazmat suit to test every drug. Gloves, you gotta wear a mask, and you gotta have a, a complete hazmat suit on because fentanyl can seep through the skin, you can inhale it, and if you ingest it, you, you, you might as well call yourself dead. So we, we pulled up from the DEA.gov an image of a lethal dose of, dose of fentanyl, and it's next to a penny. <laughs> Have you ever seen this photo? No, I haven't. It, it's it's one one hundredth the size of a penny. Yeah. A lethal dose of fentanyl. Yeah, lethal. It's and it's it shows a penny on the screen, and there's tiny little white specks. Yeah. We've heard, I've heard these stories, man. I remember in Chicago they called it super heroin mm. because, like like you said, you could accidentally just inhale a tiny bit, you're dead. Brandon People didn't get it. So it's like lab created opiate that didn't exist twelve years ago. Like they just it's a it's a new thing, right? I don't know when it's, it's was Yeah, invented. I think that they're I, I don't know if it's new or they're newly administering this as a as a additive to these drugs. Because think about it, see how little that is? You you, you get a lot of that, it go a long way. You sprinkle a little of that in, in some methamphetamine, which is probably what Floyd was taking, and it'll drive you nuts. And you only need a little bit, and you could charge way more because you, you got you got some powerful stuff. Do you know there. what kind of meth it was that was in his system? Just meth, methamphetamine. Well, there's like methyl methamphetamine, so which is MDMA, it, a crystal meth, which is much more dangerous than MDMA. In in the tax report, it's li- just listed just as says methamphetamine. methamphetamine. And, yeah. and, and I almost think that any methamphetamine that is street level. Is going to be the crystal methamphetamine because it's the way they they cook it and that's put it my together. assumption. And they begin to sell it that way, and people get in these little crystals. I've never seen methamphetamine um, in any other form except crystal. Um, crystal and form. then if they mix uh, 
uh, fentanyl with with crystal meth. Is that the idea? That's what the speedball is. Speedball, yeah. Yeah, and, and normally, you know, speedball can be mixed with methamphetamine and heroin. Um, so it's it's kind of like that mixture of a of an upper and a so some sort of opiate downer. with a so, meth. some some opiate with the upper. You know, and, and typically it's methamphetamine. And dude, that that's dangerous, man. People do speedballs. That's a that's a thing. People do speedballs all the time, and they don't. They don't live with all of that. You know what I'm saying? You taking it, ingesting it into your body over time, you're going to die. Mm-hmm. Heroin is killed. You know, I had a family member die from her- a heroin overdose. Heroin is pretty legitimate. You know, these opiates are really, are really legitimate. And Floyd, I guarantee you that methamphetamine and fentanyl probably isn't his typical drug. I think that he probably started using that after a while. I'm pretty sure he used all kinds of stuff. Um, they'll do anything to get high. You know, if you if you a crystal meth, you 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 have done a lot of other stuff to get a high. And crystal meth is kind of like, especially if you're black, and 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 I'm not making it a race thing. It's a it's a cultural thing. In most black areas, they do crack, mm. the crack rocks. They do crack. When you start getting the meth, you are on another level. You have now branched out of the typical drug arena that you're in, and you're starting to go and deal with people who are on another level of drug of drug production. Um, and that's just my opinion. That's not every city, but in my city, that was, do you know what a lethal, do you know a lethal dose of methamphetamine is? No, I I tried to look this up. It's really hard to find. Fentanyl was, was, uh, was easy to look up. Not only does the DEA have a photo showing you how just a (laughs) tiny bit of fentanyl can kill you, but they also talk about between 10 and 20 nanograms per milliliter is anesthesia range where you basically get knocked out. And that at seven nanograms per milliliter, in combination with other drugs is where you're in overdose territory. Right. Otherwise, it's around like 11 or so. Right. Now, the norfentanyl in the system is a metabolite of fentanyl, meaning he might have even had 17 nanograms per milliliter when he first ingested this. Wow. He had 19 nanograms per milliliter of methamphetamine in the system. I don't know what the lethal concentration for meth is. I couldn't find it, but he had a lot. He also had tobacco, which is a stimulant. Caffeine. Yeah. Oh, caffeine yeah. and yeah. THC. Co- cottonine or something. Yeah, yeah. that's from yeah, 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 yeah. Two yeah. different kinds of THC in his system. He had a, a he, big combination. Like, like I'm saying, this guy is a drug, a habitual drug user. He's going to his next high, you know, and this was his next high. And then it ended up, but, but I don't think he was in, he wasn't, I don't think he was actively getting high at the time. Is that he got caught with a whole thing yeah. of drugs and he had to Weeks swallow worth. it. And, and, and he killed him. I mean, what's the yeah. guy, the little rapper that was on the airplane? Yeah, I remember And he him. flew on a private jet and he had drugs Pr- and he... Well, Prince, he I died forget. from fentanyl, but that's probably not who you're talking about. No, nah, it's a rapper. It was recent. A rapper, yeah, he, was, he yeah. landed somewhere. He was like 25. And uh, they thought the cops killed him or something like that. But what happened was he got caught with marijuana, but he has other drugs that he ingested. And so he ended up ingesting them and dying. Like I said, I, I know people, and I'm not going to disclose how I know them. Um, who they are specifically, but I know people that have gotten caught by the cops. Was that they, Juice, they Juice World? No, I, I think it was Juice World. It was a Juice World. Somebody yeah, he swallowed, oh, he swallowed Percocet die. at Chicago Airport. Damn. Swallowed Percocet. Okay, because yeah. he didn't want he didn't want to get caught, so he swallowed more than you would take. You're yeah. trying to swallow the whole thing so you don't get caught with any of it. Because once it's in your body, they can't charge you with anything. See, that's a war on drugs thing for me, though. You know what I mean? It kind of man. It's a whole ring of behaviors but if people were just growing methamphetamine uh, you know which you don't grow i mean it's a lot of chemical compounds to get meth but if you had cocaine and you were just doing coca leaves and cocaine i don't even know how it's made but mm-hmm. you, you're just doing it in your backyard who cares nobody well, ever know this but dude's what, on a plane but no but how did he get it is the question what is he doing with it 
is another right. question. And a lot of times these people are getting it through nefarious means, meaning that they are contributing to the, the cartel in Mexico and, and all the trafficking that goes on and gun, gun smuggling and trade and all of that goes in those drugs getting here. And then when they get here, what are they doing to other people? The distributor is killing people. Yeah. That's, that's to me, if you sell drugs, you sell, if you sell heroin to somebody or you sell methamphetamine to somebody, I, I, I would like for that to be a form of attempted murder. If that person dies and you sold it to him, you should be charged with murder. But let's say we, we, we stop these laws. All of a sudden the cartels go out of business. They're not going to go out of business. Well, you know what's going on with the cartels now? You, you want to know what they started selling? <laughs> what? With marijuana being legalized in a bunch of different states, they found a new cash crop that they've started seizing upon. What Avocados. Oh, I, I saw no that. joke, wow. no joke. I saw the article. Avocados. Yeah, yeah so I, I even went down to Mexico. I mean, what are they doing with our avocados? Just, they, the, just the avocados that you eat, or are they doing something that you eat? weird that you with eat? it? That business you eat? is business. They, they, because they found they're extremely valuable, and Americans has a high demand for avocados. So with the legalization of marijuana, here's what ends up happening is they're like, we used to have essentially a monopoly on this product because the government said it was illegal, so you needed someone under under the radar to come and take it. Well, if if, if it's legal, we're going to maximize profits. Guess what? Now that people can get cheaper illegal stuff, avocados are worth way more. So they started saying, okay, then they go to these avocado farms and they're like, we're going to distribute this for you from now on. And so what happens is a lot of that starts, a lot of that criminal enterprise gets, it breaks down because the cartels are like, avocados are legal. We just bring them in, you know? Yeah, the abuse of these drugs. I mean, it's a lot of factors, man. I mean, you think about the prohibition of alcohol. I mean, oh yeah, alcohol is legal now. People are not smuggling alcohol, but they're still right. drinking it illegally and they're still right. killing people probably more than methamphetamine is killing people and drunk drivers and people beating their wives and killing people. I, I, it, most calls that I went on, domestic violence related calls and violent calls, people drunk. They mm-hmm. drunk off their butt. It wasn't weed. So ban, ban alcohol. You know, alcohol is, <laughs> I, what I'm saying is that, what I'm saying is that if, if you think legalizing it is going to stop the effects of it, it's, 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 it's not. So making it illegal, is that going to stop the effects of it? It may not, but I really Change do it. think there has to be some consequences because why do why do I not smoke marijuana? I mean, I don't smoke because it's illegal. I really don't want to smoke it because it's illegal. Um, why do I not do certain things because they're illegal? If they weren't illegal, maybe I'll take maybe I'll try meth. Uh, maybe they'll be it'll be in a different form where you put a little methamphetamine or you know now they put embalming fluid in marijuana and, and it's called um, what did he call it? I forget the Is name. That formaldehyde. Of it. Ew. Yeah. So they Is put that, that they put that yeah, in they put it fluid. in marijuana in embalming and they call it it was a rapper that said it and it's escaped my mind i'll come back to it did hunter biden say he smoked parmesan cheese or something like that yeah, he said wow. he was <laughs> on the brink you know yeah. one thing about meth mdma methyl and dioxy methamphetamine which is a type of meth is used in like couples therapy because it, it if used right certain types of meth are incredibly good for you but so like, meth the word meth gets a bad reputation yeah, amphetamine and yeah. yeah, certain types of amphetamines, if used in the right environment, can be beneficial. Crystal meth, though, I've never heard any any lab uses of that. Yeah, because I think it's a, it, t- it takes a different form. Yes. Yeah. you have to chemically put this together. In it. I think I think Adder- Adderall is for dif- different amphetamine salts or something like that. Yeah. So, but you you get into these weird things, man. You say, okay, what if all drugs were were legalized and and everybody can use any drug they want? So, you just say you started using heroin and you're a father of three children, you know. You you can't be a dad smoking heroin all day or whatever how whichever way you're doing it. Um, you can't be a productive dad doing these things. And and, and my thing is that you're not going to grow it in your backyard. You're going to get it from somebody. So if you can stop the the person from delivering it, 
then you're going to save a lot more people than just letting this, it flow through. Good luck because they're getting it out of Afghanistan. This is interesting because uh, I'm I'm pretty libertarian when it comes to drugs. I'm fairly in favor of some form of like mass legalization, but with some kind of regulation. So that the idea would be you'd have to go to a specialty clinic to buy it. It's legal. And that way they can make sure you don't overdose. It's in a controlled situation and they can get you off it. They can slowly lower your dosage and help you, you know, get away from withdrawal symptoms and things like that. I, I, I've often been a proponent of that with there's one big caveat that has, that has no answer. Opiates already are legal. They are. The doctors prescribe them left and like, like, like sugar, like, like, you know, sugar candies. And then people get addicted and then they die from it. Yeah. What, what that's, these- that's actually George Floyd. His girlfriend testified. That they were both had some some injuries and chronic pain and were were prescribed opiates and then they got addicted to it and that's a physiological dependence. So then they were like, when the doctor wouldn't give them anymore, they freaked out and just started becoming habitual drug users. Yeah, I, I see that happening, but I think I think you know you got the people that become habitual people and you got people that's just making excuses. You know, when I go to the doctor and I have any kind of thing, I I, I elect not to take drugs. I just don't want to take the drugs. Yeah. Now, if it's something that, you know, like your leg is broken half and they got to give you something. <laughs> Antibiotic. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. Antibiotic. They give you something <laughs> that's going to stop the pain. It could be a, you know, a, a pretty harsh drug. Then you'll take it. You know, my wife, you know, when, when she, after her pregnancy, she had a C-section and they gave her pain pills. But of course we're monitoring it. We're like, okay, we're not going to take that after you need it we're not gonna overdo it right we're gonna balance enduring the pain and not taking too much but some people are you know they people make excuses man and they they go well i was addicted nobody told you to take percocet after you were after your illnesses were over just because you had a big bottle of percocet you you need you need to and and some people sell it we we the doctor prescribes crazy amounts of drugs, which I think that needs to be regulated. Yep. I think I think of my wife. They gave her a big old thing of pills. I like she's not going to need that many pills that long. You know how much money she can get if she sold them on the street? Lot. You know, you're talking about $25, $50 a pill. I don't know how strong the pill was, but you, you, you're talking $20-some a pill and you got 200 pills in this thing. You can make money and people fake injuries and they get injured and they get in the dope game this way. So I think that we should regulate the legalized drugs that we're already administering to people. We should regulate those things and make sure they're not abusing those things. And we should enforce these produced unmanaged, like you said, you know, these drugs are not being, we don't know how they're making these drugs. Yeah. You know, like I said, Sherm, you know, you smoking Sherm is what I was referring to. Smoking Sherm. Oh you yeah. Just, with the formaldehyde. With the formaldehyde yeah. and marijuana. And then Primo's. When I was growing up, they used to call it Primo where you have weed, but you put a little crack. Somebody put crack in it. Oof. That's why when you, you, you get your weed, you got to open it up and go through it and make sure people aren't putting pieces of crack or other drugs in your marijuana. And so some people smoking Primo and they don't know it. Then they get a tick addicted to crack, crack or whatever drugs that they end up lacing. These the marijuana we, with so I, I gotta pull this story up, man. Because yeah. I, I I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think most of you may have seen the story, but I pulled up Snopes. Oh my! Because yeah. everybody loves Snopes. Oh, they're, they're so accurate. They're so Every accurate. Mm-hmm. Did Hunter Biden say he smoked Parmesan cheese? Yes. Tell us. For Snopes. people addicted to crack cocaine, cravings often drive decision making. Mm. True. Okay. <laughs> that's it. That? Snopes confirms. That's the casein in the cheese. I hear that. In yeah. an interview broadcast on April 4th, Hunter Biden, the son of the president, said he mistook Parmesan cheese for crack in the past and accidentally smoked the dairy product. They say, while it was true, Hunter Biden said, I probably smoked more Parmesan cheese than anyone. His statements implied that he mistook other granular items for the drug during the depths of his crack addiction. Additionally, it was false to frame that, quote, as a confession, 
that he sought out and smoked Parmesan cheese specifically to try to get high. <laughs> I, I still it's worse. Confirmed. It's worse, <laughs> dude. Listen, if somebody was like, "You you ever try smoking Parmesan?" I don't know. Let's see what happens. So, that's yeah. that. That's not as bad as someone being like. I'm so addicted to crack, I'm going to smoke white powder. Any I don't know what it powder. is. I don't know what it is. Anything. I don't know what it is. Anything. Anything. Salt. Wait, wait, you know, breadcrumbs on the ground. I'm just yeah. going to start smoking everything I see on the ground. I'm just I'm just on the ground just picking up stuff to put in the pipe to smoke. Jeez. White powder, whatever it is. I don't whatever know. Whatever it is, dude. Whatever I it is. I smoked sage you, one time. You, you guys ever sprinkled? I was like, what? Sage? I hear nah, No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on what, a second. Wasn't psycho- <laughs> psychoactive or anything. You can sniff Parmesan cheese. Like, you can, you can take it up and... That's cheese. Yeah. yeah. You can taste it. Smell. Smell like butt. It smells like butt. Yeah. It stinks. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe crack. It's I don't that, know. That's that was, somebody was hiding in their butt. Smell uh, yeah, like butt. There you go. What's it called? Yeah, that's what it was. Someone, somebody was cadaverine. Some, somebody was hooping. Bacterias that grow on animal products. I wonder why the, I wonder why the prosecution, I mean, the defense brought up, um, like almost if it, as if Floyd ingested or put something in his, you know what? Buttocks. They did. Rec- they, they did. He, they brought that it up. That was weird. But nobody's, that fact haven't come out yet, but I'm wondering, did they find rectal? <laughs> I don't know. The, 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 but question. the defense asked the question in the George Floyd case. He was like, he said, are you familiar with people smuggling drugs in their rectum? And the, the defense was like, no. And then he just moved on right away. Cause I feel like they were setting up, they were setting something up later. They're yeah. going to have an expert come and talk about something that hooping. nobody knows. I think they're going to go for hooping because. It's when, hooping when they, he's swallowing or it hooping could be his bone. It's, 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 it's storing, dr- smuggling drugs in your body. So when you go to Urban Dictionary and you look up hooping, it says shoving stuff up your butt. You know what I mean? Yeah, people do it all the time. I mean, I, I don't know why this is, this would be strange. People do it all the time. When it, you're running around with dope, you hide it on your person. Of course. But you, you don't keep it. You don't walk around with it, cracking your hand. And, hey, hey, <laughs> going to store and buying stuff. Hold on, the hold rubber on. glove. You meme. could put it. Yeah. You could put it in in a craft Parmesan cheese bottle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in the context, I don't think he was talking about smuggling drugs because he said I didn't do no drugs. And then when the cops like, but you got foam on your mouth, he's like, yeah, man, I was hooping. I think he's basically trying to I say. I think he's saying playing basketball. He's playing basketball. I mean, that's yeah. what no, I would get. No, I don't. I think he's, he was being like, I, yeah, I shoved drugs in my mouth. I'm out of my mind. I'm losing it. And so, he But he said, so I didn't take he just, any drugs. Right. So is he saying, he's lying I, I all over the place. I didn't take everybody. any drugs. I just nah. shoved them up my butt. No, nah, he was saying, I didn't take any drugs. I was hooping. That's right, why I'm tired. That's why I got cotton mouth. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. He looked like an athletic guy. You know, he had a luck tank top on. He probably was, he probably still hooped. He probably still shoot hoops Not every now and again. State. I, my theory is he was just lying all over the place. He tried to sell a fake twenty dollar bill. He lied well, to the cops. No, told but, him he was. But, yeah, but, we know he wasn't hooping. I'm, I'm, so I know oh, he was lying. Right, right, playing but, basketball. Let, let, yeah. I want to. I want to get to the point of like why I bring up the story with Hunter Biden smoking Parmesan cheese. <laughs> this guy, Hunter Biden, can go on TV and yeah. admit to the world the son of the president is a crack addict that yeah. smoked whatever white powder he found on the underside of his table. The story about George Floyd. Look, it's a big club. We know we're not in it. Barack Obama talks about. He's like, oh yeah, I smoked. Did, didn't did, did Obama do coke? I don't oh, know if that. Sure, he, I don't he think said he, he did some in college, didn't he? Yeah, I thought that's. I I, I don't know for sure. He so did I'm gonna, TA total absorption, where they take that? a hit of weed and you hold it in until it completely absorbs in, and when you breathe out, there's no. Well, smoke. Well, that's, that's not what I mean. I mean like Obama a hard was drug. hardcore. Like a hard I ain't never heard no smoke. Yeah. I smoked when I was. I'm just, young. I'm just saying. Like if if you get caught and get arrested for smoking pot, not so much now because it's recreational, it's legal now. You're not going to be president. But Obama can get elected and then come out and be like, oh, yeah. he never got arrested. Look, at, yeah. when the story comes out about Joe uh, Hunter Biden and the crack pipe and all this stuff, the media buries it. They don't want anyone to know. So it's, you've, got, you've, you've absolutely got an elite class of ultra-privileged drug addicts. They just get away with it. They can do whatever they want. Yeah, because I think uh, some of it, they're smarter. You know, where was he smoking par- Parmesan cheese? Probably in his house. 
he probably wasn't smoking Parmesan chain on 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 a corner of Sixth and May or whatever. Right. So the problem is, is that you know these crackheads are so cracked out of their mind, man. They're oh, they're, they're out in the open doing crack. Oh man. yeah, Obama admitted to doing cocaine. Yeah. So, but think about it: how many people have done cocaine and never got caught because they were doing it in the in the property of their home? They may have escaped getting caught buying it from the dealer. But I mean, I think that there's a level of stupidity that comes along with people who get caught. When, as a former police officer, we didn't catch. We, we used to have this saying, and it goes every police department probably says this: you don't catch the smart ones. Yeah, you don't catch people that smart. Yep. You catch the dummies. Yeah, that but- are smoking weed, driving down the street, banging music with yep. the windows down, smoking weed to the weed, just flying out of the car, and and, and they drive by you, and you're like, okay, <laughs> bro, are you really? <laughs> I, now everybody at the stoplight is looking at me like, are you going to do something about this? And I would have, I would have never done anything about it. I, I could care less. Who cares? It's a little ticket that you're going to get. They're going to throw it out in the court of law. You're going to waste my time. But you're doing, you're just rolling down the street, banging music, causing attention to yourself, and smoke. weed, because smoke is billowing out of, yeah. out, of, out of your window. And in a way, you got it because if you don't, other people are going to emulate the behavior, and yeah. then everyone yeah. on the street's going to be high driving, or not everybody. Well, 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 but now you, you heard, like in a bunch of these states, cops can't pull people over for smoking weed. Yeah, I mean, even even when, you know, well, for, for smelling, smelling it, for weed. smelling the weed, yeah. right. for smelling weed, not smoking it, right? Because it's still impairment of dri- you're driving impaired. But smelling marijuana is not justification for us. Yeah, stop, it's for been stop that's it. been gone for our department. That's been gone probably since 2012 oh. or earlier. It, it's when they started. It was a, it was a case that happened. I can't remember the name of the case, but um, once they start legalizing um, medical marijuana and stuff, the smell of marijuana is not a justification for you going to somebody's house because they could have a medical marijuana card. It's not justification. However, when you put somebody on a traffic stop, there's a difference between burning marijuana and fresh marijuana. So burning marijuana in a car means nothing. You already smoked it. I don't have anything. I smoked it. Fresh marijuana is a different smell. And that can give you justification to stop somebody and get a dog or maybe even go into somebody's is car. Is that partly because of intent to sell? Because I think what I learned no, is... No, it's that you have nothing left if you smoked it. Oh, no, so you're just looking get, for the piece, I guess. I've had, I've yeah. had cops pull me over and then lie, claiming they smelled pot. I don't smoke pot. I've never... I've, I One time when I was a teenager with some friends and I was like, this is dumb, I don't care. What, what was the next step? They said they smelled pot and then what did they say? Then they he, he walked up to my car and I rolled out. So I got my, my wallet, my keys on the dashboard. I got my hands on the steering wheel, windows rolled down. Cop walks right up and goes, hey, how's it? Whoa, what's that? I, whoa, sir, I smell marijuana. And I went, excuse me? And he's like, I'm going to have to ask you to get out of the vehicle. And I was like, okay. And I get out. I'm in my work uniform. So I have these jumpsuits for, for uh, the, the airline at O'Hare. And then he immediately walks me to his car, puts me in cuffs, calls for backup. Backup shows up. Secondary officer comes and holds the cuffs, you know, in the middle. And then the cop goes and starts searching my car without my permission. The other cop starts talking to me and just small talk nonsense. The cop walks up and he's got what looks like some bit of plant. And he goes, what is this? And I was like, I don't know. And he's like, it's marijuana. And I was like, is it yours? And he was like, no, I got it from your car. And I was like, no, you didn't because I don't smoke. And he was like, it was in your car. And I'm like, I work at O'Hare. They do random drug tests. I work with planes. I don't smoke. And then he was like, just confess, and this will be a lot easier. And I was like, confess to what? It's not mine. Just confess, and it'll be a lot easier. At this point, I'm talking to the other cop, and and I guess I guess the one cop goes back to my car, and he's telling me that it's going to be really hard for me. It's going to get a whole lot worse unless I, unless I just admit right now that I was driving under the influence, that I've been smoking. And I'm just like, dude, I don't smoke. We do random drug tests. At this point, the cop who pulled me over 
walks back over and goes, who's the firefighter? And I went, my dad. Then the other, then the other cop uncuffs me and they go, go home, kid. And they got in their cars and, and they left. I had uh, a firefighter's emblem in yeah. my glove box yeah. that my dad gave me. And once they saw that, they backed off. They backed off. But they, yeah. they legit, I, my car was full of Taco Bell garbage wrappers. I don't smoke. The, the drug, like you, you work for the airlines, you get random drug tests. You're, yeah. you're done. You lose your job. Nobody's, nobody's smoking there. Yeah. And so that was it. The dude pulled me over and used the smell of marijuana as justification to get me out of the car and search everything. And like legit, I was I was leaving work. I'd work yeah. sixteen hours. I don't smoke. Yeah, I can see that happening. You know, some some cops they get they get power hungry, man, and and, and they don't want to do the real work. They want to do the easy route. And so if they can get you to admit to some stuff, they get arrested or whatever. It's rare. I mean, because there's so many people out here committing crimes. Uh, maybe if you were in a, I don't know if you were in a rural area or whatever, but rural. See, rural is probably they probably a lot more dicey because they don't have no work. You yeah. their work in the city. You can't like. To it's fake, too much work. To like, you like, please stop, stop. selling drugs. Stop. Like, I'm just not going to arrest anybody anymore. It's too much. <laughs> it's like if you ever, like, tried to go after people, you'll be arresting people all day long. Yeah. I mean, all day long people are doing crime. So, but that doesn't excuse what happened to you. You know, it's funny because when I was a kid. Well, I don't I, blame every cop for that. Yeah, because you, you, you know, that, but see, this is what I want to happen in, in our society is that empower people to be able to do what's right in that situation when you get hemmed up by cops that shouldn't be doing what they're doing. Not to defund the police department, <laughs> right. but let's, let's, let's spend resources to empower people and let's get those people turned in. Because if you, what could you have done in that situation? If I was a cop and I was telling you, like, look, get their badge number, you know, and, and you, your dad is a firefighter. He was a firefighter and then report them. Wow. And, and your dad will have a lot more weight on the command staff because this is what people don't understand. Command staff don't give a F about these patrol officers. They care about publicity. They care about, and not all. You get a little rural area in the county somewhere, they all buddy buddy. But in many police departments, the command staff will review it and say, you know what? Screw that guy. We'll run him over. This will make our let department me, look good and we'll do it to him. Let me tell you my story from when I was like 15 in Southside of Chicago. So there's a carnival. They come and they occupy certain blocks because they need a parking lot and they need space. So the, this, these moving carnivals do a deal with the residents. Yeah. You know, we'll make sure nobody goes on your property. Well, I had a friend who lived in one of those houses. We go to the carnival. We play the quarter game. We play, you know, squirt gun game, you know, knock over the clown, win some prizes. We go and we sit on his lawn and we're chilling. And a security guard walks over to us and he goes, hey, you guys got to leave. And my friend goes, this is my house. I don't care. You got to leave. You can't be here. And then he's like, this is my house. Where am I supposed to go? And then we get up. And then I start saying the same thing. Like, my friend lives here. One of the security guards grabs the skin of my chest, like, just like he pinches into my chest and starts prodding my head, saying, are you stupid? It's time to go. And, like, yelling at me. So I'm like, dude, just, like, left a physical mark on my body. And I'm I'm a little arrogant, you know, prick. So I, I immediately call my dad. And I'm like, dude, this guy just walked up, went on my friend's property, was told it was his property. And then he physically grabbed me, left a mark, and poked my head. That's assault and battery in Illinois. My dad goes, you're right. What do you want to do? And I was like, I want to press charges. And he was like, I'll be right there because there's a few blocks from my house. He shows up. He says, who was the guy? I'm like, it's those two guys there. It was was an older guy, probably in his late 50s. So he's like, all right, call the police. I call the police and I say, I'm on my friend's property. Security guard just assaulted me. The cops show up 
And they, they walk over to us and say, what's going on? My dad's like, this is my son. You're like, you know, pull up your shirt, show him your chest. And I had like a mark on my chest because he like, you know, gra- grabbed, like, pinched into my chest. And then he's like, and he's probably, and all the other kids who were with me are like, yeah, he started hit, poking him on the head with his hand, like mocking him, calling him dumb. And the cop's like, all right, all right, we're going to the bottom of this. We see the cops walk over to the sec- security guards, start talking, shake the hands of the guys, <laughs> start laughing. And then the guy walks over and says, listen, you know, we're just going to say, you know, we're done. It's no big deal. How about everybody goes home? And I'm like, no, no, nah, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. I want this guy, you know, I want this guy uh, uh, charged. And they're like, well, we're not going to do that. So my dad goes, I want a supervisor on scene yeah. now. Right. White shirt shows up. The white shirt walks over to the immediately to the guy who, who was who was screwing with me, pats him on the sh- on the shoulder, shakes his hand, starts laughing and smiling, walks over to us and says, here's what's going to happen. Your son's going to be arrested for trespassing or you can leave right now. Because it turns out the guy who had committed assault and battery, I know it wasn't the biggest thing in the world, but in Illinois, assault and battery is when you, you embarrass someone or touch them. turns out he was a retired cop. Mm. So there was no, nothing that could be done. So my dad, who was a firefighter, was like, I'm going to file a complaint with internal affairs. And guess what happened? Nothing. Nothing. It was just. I can see that happening. Yep. I mean, I, I can see it happening, man. I mean, it's to me, based on my experience, it's rare. But if you are to think that cops aren't going to hold each other's back in some cases, they're not going to lie in some cases, then you must think that cops are gods. You know, the, right, there's right. some there's some fallible human beings that make huge mistakes. And I want us to eradicate them. And you eradicate them professionally, professionally, yeah, <laughs> eradicate yeah. the mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. Eradicate them, meaning getting them out of the, the profession, um, not killing them. <laughs> for the, I for like the that record. word eradicate. eradicate. What do you think about robot police? No, no, no. no. no way, yeah. yeah. And the only reason I say that is because who are, who's controlling them? I don't know. What if it's a decentralized algorithm that we're all aware of? Nah. You could be like, you, show me your code and it will be like, and you'll see like it's yeah. orders and everything. But then you got like, who wrote the code? And, and it, it, can it get know. hacked? It's not, and it, it's not just that. Can it get hacked? You got you got a homeless veteran with no legs, and he's 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 smoking a joint under a bridge with no one around. And the robot drone comes down and goes, "Violation section two three a marijuana use in public. You are under arrest." And the guy's like a regular cop's gonna be like, "I don't care about so that. bad gonna... laws." The cop uses his common sense and is like, "I'm not yes. gonna prosecute a bad law right now." Well, well, uh, you know, I think that. It'll work, but it'll get out of control. So you can, you know, the little drone thing. I mean, it just depends. You know, somebody just shoot the thing out the air, and then now it's a bigger deal. But you throw, it, you throw a roll of toilet paper at it, and it goes yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. You throw water at it. But or if something. it was like a Terminator. But if it was, if it was something that could actually catch people in crimes, and it'll stick around until the cops can get there or whatever. Yeah, I mean that could work, but it could, that's then you get more manipulation. You like, well, how far would this thing go, and what are they going to do in the next ten years? Are they going to make physical cops that did? use force against you, you know what I'm saying? And then they get out of control and then whoever's controlling them, now they make a law and they use, use, use a force policy for, you know, you can't, a machine won't go to jail. So once they beat the crap out of you, it's not going to happen. And, and it's pros and cons. So if you jaywalk, a cop can be like, I don't care if he's jaywalking. Or he can be like, oh, that's jaywalking. You're going to take it. Robot every single time will be like, warning, jaywalker spotted. And it's going to stop they, you. They can make the robot have discretion. I mean, as smart as AI is today, they can make, Robots have discretion. I don't they think could. they could. I, I, I physically could, but not legally. I think it would be too many lawsuits. Well, it depends. I mean, honestly, it's walking around with a body camera that's on 24 hours a day and monitoring all of his behaviors. It could say it could prioritize certain things because in any given intersection, you can have a jaywalker and then somebody speeding. 
any given intersection, you have a jaywalker and you have somebody else doing something else more egregious. Or you can have a person who's jaywalking and it's not a threat or a person who's jaywalking across a green. You know, you're walking across a green light. Um, and so there could be prioritized. I mean, they can do whatever they want to do with these computers, but I think it gets out of control. I, 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 the government is not our friend. In my <laughs> so you think it's easier to get corrupt cops under control? They're like buddy, buddy and won't turn each other in than it is to get keep robots under control. Yeah, 100 percent, 100 percent, because most cops don't like these bad cops like we, we had some of my department. They got fired, but nobody liked them. It was this one guy and I won't say his name. He used to always push the limit, push the envelope. You're supposed to identify where you go every time you get on the radio. You know, two out of 11.7, that was my call sign. Two out of 11.7, I'm checking out here with one at these cross streets. He would not check out and just be doing some rogue stuff. But it wasn't against the law, skirting against policy. But then he 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 does things that lead to other things that ended up getting himself fired because he started cheating on different things and manipulating numbers. But we, we everybody hated him. He used to ask me to go on calls with him. I'm like, I don't even want to go on a call with you because you're going to get us in a position where I'm going to have to fight somebody or whatever the case may be. We hated him. Thank God he was off the police department. When he got fired, everybody celebrated. There's officers on the police department that are like that. And I'll tell you one unfortunate thing that you won't hear people say if they're, unless they want to be completely honest, is that there are cops that cops don't like. And they are bad cops, but they're not breaking the law. Right. You know, there's two cops that I can think of right now that if you resist arrest, they're going to work you. They're going to they're gonna tune you up. And Nickel rides? Huh? Yeah, nickel rides? Yeah, yeah. They, they'll, they'll tune you up. And so is it legal? Yeah. If you throw a punch at a police officer, they can fight you back. But they're going to tune you up. No mercy. If you pull a gun on somebody or you, you pull out a knife on somebody, I, I know God will shoot you and kill you and won't even care about it. Probably will laugh at it after a while is that illegal no i don't think it's right but it's not gonna get you fired um and those things do occur so when people say that cops do stuff excessive force and things it's like i can see that happening but we can work to get we can we can we can work to you know get rid of people on the police department like that we can work for transparency i i I have my you know likes and dislikes about body-worn cameras but body-worn cameras in overall and totality of circumstances is a good thing we can do more things like that on the police department and, and make things uh, better and more transparent. That's fine. But defunding the police, acting like every police shooting is a is a bad shoot, like you're never going to get anywhere with that. Well, well, let me let me ask you then. So so to the point about robot cops and another point that needs to be brought up is bad laws in the Constitution. So right now, I mean, I can talk about the rigidity of a robot cop, but the Constitution says shall not be infringed. Cops in New York City don't care. Cops in New Jersey don't care. They don't care what the Constitution says. Didn't you swear an oath to the Constitution? Police do. Yeah, the Constitution come before any laws. So then how, 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 laws. Could, how could you be, you know, uh, in New Jersey, where this one story, a woman was from Philadelphia, allowed, legally allowed to own a gun, and she was like mid-40s, and she jumped the bridge, you know, just like, like drove across the bridge. It's a five-minute drive. She wanted to go to the casino. She gets pulled over. Cop, without question, arrests her, charged with a felony for, for gun possession. She, it's, she, has, she has a concealed carry permit from her state. She made a mistake. She was just stupid. Felony charge. Yeah, you could charge a person with that, but I don't think that's going to go far in court. It ended up, so for political reasons, this, this one particular case ended up getting stopped. But look, man, in Chicago, you got a lot of people who are just a dad and a family. 
And he's like, I know what they call this place Chirac, so I'm buying a gun. I don't care what the law says. I have a right to defend myself. Yeah. These people get felony charges. I know. That's, I, 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 I'm, I'm like you. On, and it's, we need to fix these things because the Constitution should trump any gun laws. But it's I, the cops, man. It's not the cops. It's the legislators that we elect that create the laws and cause us to enforce it. Because cops don't make the laws. Cops don't even want to enforce these laws. But you have sworn to uphold the Constitution and the laws. So how do you do both? So what's constitutionally acceptable, right? The Constitution, we have votes. People vote on legislators and legislators pass laws. And so when they pass a law, just because just case you, just because you don't like it or maybe you feel that it's slightly infringing on your constitutional rights don't mean that the police shouldn't enforce them. Like, for instance, voter laws. Some people believe it's an infringement on the constitutional right that they have to show identification to vote. I don't. I think they should enforce that. So the difference, I suppose, is you've got, I think, what are they, the the 14th, 19th, um, and the 26th amendments, I think, pertain to, I could be getting the numbers wrong, pertain to voting. And so voting isn't as clearly defined in the Constitution about what you're guaranteed. There are some things where you can't be restricted based on certain characteristics, as the amendments I mentioned, like sex, race, et cetera. But when it comes to the Second Amendment, the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Is it is it infringing on someone's right to bear arms, telling them they literally can't have a gun in public? Well, I, I think yes, but also people vote for those laws. In the state of Arizona, we're a constitutional carry My state. rights aren't up for a vote. No, it's what I'm saying. But I'm saying, like, we put it in the totality. That was totality. Michael Malice, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> we'll put it in the totality of circumstances. We'll say, in the state of Arizona, constitutional carry. We don't need permits. We carry everywhere, conceal, whatever. And, and it doesn't matter. Now, one day, the public in a democracy, you know, that we claim we live in, people can vote that there can be additive laws to restrict gun possession in certain cases, like convicted felons, uh, different things like that. We arbitrarily vote for laws that thwart our constitutional rights to a certain degree. And we vote for that. And not not everybody, because some people don't agree with it, but some people do. Just like, you know, that's what the Constitution's for, man. I know. I know. And I think that's why you have case law and you have other things that are brought to the Supreme Court to to give guidance on how to to float with this, because I guarantee you a person who has a concealed carry permit and they cross state lines prosecuting them is going to be almost impossible. I can't see a person getting prosecuted for a felony charge if if they're not. Malice. If there's no malice in intent. Ma, bro, it happens. I know it happens, but it's very it's very it's very rare unless there's culpability there like somebody intentionally saying i'm going to break the law that i know is present in this state i'm across state lines break the law get caught doing something else with this gun and you give prosecution more there there was a story about an old lady who was in her 60s and she was from i think like kentucky and she had a legal permit for a revolver she went to visit chicago to see the sites and she went to some tourism spot where she informed security like oh before i go in, i just want to let you know i have my my concealed carry with me and they're like right right this way ma'am felony charge she went to prison i knew a guy is who, that the full story though i mean that's, that's the full story that's the full old story. lady had no idea what's going on and they put her in prison dude illinois is crazy man yeah real I, crazy I, yeah, I don't there was a dude there, in, so. there was a there was a dude in illinois who uh his family was house sitting for their neighbors and the local cops knew the neighbors were out of town this kid was eight he was 18 a kid he's a man now and he went to the neighbor's house took one of their beers and started drinking it the cops drove by and saw through the window that the kid was drinking beer and they knew the family was out of town. So they went in and arrested him. And then when it turns out, he said, I was my family's house sitting for the neighbors. They wanted us to be checking on their house. They were like, did you enter the house? Did you take property? Mandatory minimum. Send him to prison. Now, these stories happen. man. I got a, I got. I, now, I, I believe you. I trust you. Good faith. 
I have to read and listen to a court document of some of some judge sentencing somebody or even a prosecution's argument beyond a reasonable doubt that this person is guilty of this this story was really controversial sorry to yeah. interrupt but like I'm going to look it up man cuz that's because there's there's mandatory bizarre. mandatory minimum laws and so the judge's response was the law is the law. I have to sentence someone who enters the property of another person and takes property. It's burglary. End of story. And apparently, like, the prison was, was like, we, they wouldn't, it was, I was like, ingestion or whatever. Like, when they, they were like, we're not going to file this paperwork. This is ridiculous. This is insane. That oh, we, like we're over, yeah, insane. They're like, we're overcrowded as it is. And this kid who took a beer, and there was like some big controversy about it. Yeah, I got to watch that, man. Cause I'm like, okay, a kid, and, and it could be, and, and it's totally, a long time ago. There could stuff goes wrong in a court, court of law. More frequently than people expect, but not as much as people want it to be. Um, but that's very interesting that they would be able to to get a person on that and then have a complainant. I mean, you you got to have the people who own the house have to be victim, victims of this. No, the cops witnessed the crime in progress. And they get the... And so the police were the witnesses who said, we witnessed a crime yeah, in progress. Yeah, that's interesting because yeah. police can't necessarily be independent witnesses of a crime. You have to have a victim. You can't just say... Oh, a guy stole a beer. How do you know if that person stole the beer or the store let him have the beer? So police have to have they're independent operators. They, they cannot yeah. prosecute people. Um, you can be a you well, can be a witness to a crime to a certain degree, but you have to have a, a victim of a crime to a, you know. Yeah, I'll, I'll stress this point too. Yeah, these are really old stories from back when I was growing up in in Chicago. And as we learned with like George Floyd, you always learn there was something else that they didn't yeah. tell you about. But I knew this one guy too. And again, this guy, this is someone I knew personally. He may have lied to me. He was from, uh, LA. He was driving to, uh, he was driving to the East Coast and he had guns, legal guns. He drove through Illinois. Huh. Now you got the federal law protecting your right to drive, you know, to move. Yeah. Cops didn't care. So he ended up being forced to live in <laughs> Illinois for like four years because of the gun charges. <laughs> But I'm wondering what – so they pulled him over. So basically – They my, pulled my, him over at some point for, yeah, for so, something. So my understanding of what happens is he's driving from L.A. somewhere on the East Coast, and he gets off the highway to go do something. And that's when they were like, ah, if you were moving and just passing through, you'd have been on the highway. By getting off the highway, you're now in state jurisdiction. You're in illegal, illegal possession of firearms. Yeah, I – I'm not saying it's wrong or right, but it, these cases sent them to me, man. I would love to review well, them. Look, and, I'll, and, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, it, it's like maybe it's, I'm biased because yeah. I've dealt with some of this stuff. Yeah. So I, I was, uh, I was driving on Lakeshore Drive in Chicago. I'm, I'm exiting at Belmont. I'm about ten miles under the limit because I'm getting off at an exit, and I get pulled over. Cop walks up to me and says, "You were speeding." Fills out a ticket, says, "Sign this." And I was like, "Well, I, I wasn't speeding. I was, I was ten under. I'm exiting. I'm on the exit." And he's like, "Tell it to a judge. You can sign this, or I can arrest you." So I signed the ticket. Okay, I guess. I forgot about it. I went to visit my sister because my brother-in-law was stationed in Iraq and she was, you know, suffering from anxiety. Just like, you know, and so I'm like, okay, I'll, you know, I want to get out of the city. I want, I'll go, I'll go to Colorado. Once I came back two months later, I got pulled over and the cop walks, he pulls me over. He walks up to the window and he goes, are you Tim Pool? And I was like, yes. And he goes, out of vehicle, you're under arrest for driving on a suspended license. And I was like, what? And he was like, driving on a suspended license, fills it out. This is where I got I-bonded. He was like, if someone can come and pick up your vehicle and drive you home, I won't take you to the station, but you have a court date for, you know, it's a, what did they say? It was a class A misdemeanor up to one year in jail and a $2,500 fine for driving on a suspended license. When I went to court 
And I talked to the prosecutor and I was just like, I'm really sorry it happened. I was in Colorado. I was on, I was on Fort Yusuf. I think it's, uh, no, not Fort, uh, um, Carson. Fort, Fort Carson. That's right. I was at Fort Carson visiting my sister. My brother-in-law is in Iraq, you know, Iraq. And so, but I had just gotten back and I was literally back from Colorado, a, you know, a mile from my house. And he went, Oh, so you confess. No joke. He's like, Oh, you, you confess to driving on a suspended license. And I was like, uh, well, I'm just trying to let you know, like, I didn't get any notification. He's like, ignorance of the law is no excuse for breaking it. So if you want to plead guilty, we can talk about what your sentence is going to be. And so then I was like, okay, I'll plead guilty. And he was like, I'll tell you this. We'll give you a $150 fine, court supervision if you plead guilty right now. And I was like, okay. And then when I went up in front of the judge, he said, how do you plead? And I said, guilty, your honor. And he goes, and, you know, do you state for the record or whatever that you were in no way coerced to make this plea? And I said, no, I was coerced, your honor. And he went, excuse me? And I was like, I, I was coerced to plead guilty. So what are you talking about? And I was like, he told me that if I didn't plead guilty, I'd go to jail for a year. And then the judge was like, come back in a month and get a lawyer. <laughs> Every lawyer I got said, it doesn't matter if there was a reasonable reason why you were driving. It doesn't matter if there's a sympathetic reason. It doesn't matter that you didn't actually break the law in the first place. My license got suspended because if you get two tickets under the age of 21, they suspend your license for three months. I wasn't speeding. The cop gave me a bunk ticket anyway. I had no means to fight that ticket because I was a bro. I think I was like 19 or something. I was, no, I think I was, yeah, I was 19. I had no way to fight it. So I was just like, I don't know. And then I forgot about it. And then after a certain amount of time, it went into, uh, I forgot what they call it, where it's, it becomes a guilty plea if you don't respond. And I had no idea. I had no way to pay for a $75 ticket. And I didn't know that as soon as you pay for it, you're pleading guilty. Otherwise, I would have contested it. So I'm gone for two months right before I get a chance to go home, before I got any mail, knew anything was happening. They said, you broke the law by driving. Then they tried to, they threatened me with a year in jail. That's kind of stuff I'm, you know, so I, we, we. So you, you were, you were guilty. I mean, exactly. you, you gotta say you were guilty. You were at fault. You were wrong. Now there's a great, there, there's. Now, now hold on a second. Yeah. I was legally guilty, but I did nothing wrong. So, but, but, but I'll, I'll say this and I agree, I agree with you, but at the same time, this is why I want to empower young people to to know how to fight these things when they feel like they've been done wrong because if you were not speeding you have a right to fight that you don't need a you don't need a lawyer i got illegally pulled over and i don't i only learned that right. after the fact and you don't have to you don't need a lawyer all you gotta do is go to court and the state has the burden or, or it's, it's not necessarily the same as a criminal charge but they the preponderance of evidence is going to be on them they have to show preponderance of evidence to, to, to cite you on a, a citation like that so you should go to court and say i was not speeding um, I was on the off ramp. This is what I was doing. The officer pulled me over and, and, but it's also things you can ask a police officer that if he doesn't say he, he screws himself. Like, how did he track your speed? Was he doing a radar? Was he pacing you or was he, um, somehow doing a visual estimate? Well, so, so in this instance, the, after I think it was like three months, there was a deadline to pay the ticket and my sister paid it for me and that was a guilty plea. It didn't right. matter at that point. And I didn't know yeah. about the suspension law. Yeah. Okay. They said ignorance was no excuse for breaking it. But I also didn't realize that by saying, okay, I'll give you the money you've asked for, I was effectively going to be committed crime by trying to go home. But here's, yeah. the, here's the thing I realized after the fact. When I was back, this was in Glen Ellen, Illinois. When I was back, it was like late at night, like midnight or two in the morning. The cop who pulled me over pulled me over illegally. What he did was he ran my plates, saw my name registered to the car, saw that my name was associated with a suspended license, and that was his just his grounds for pulling someone over, but that's actually not a legal stop, because what if someone else was driving the car? He didn't have justification for stopping the car in the first place. Right. It, it, that could be true. 
that could be true, depending on the state and also depending on what he can articulate, right? If he, yeah, if he, if he see, if, no, but if he see your driver's license, if he see your driver's license, they have a picture of MBD driver's license and the person in the vehicle look like you. It's very similar to you, similar characteristics. He can conduct an investigate, investigative stop, meaning that he has reason to believe that you are Tim Pool driving. He see you. He believed that you're the same person that matched the driver's license. Some states prohibit this, but but um, some states allow it as an investigative stop. He can pull you over and you've confessed. I am Tim Pool. Okay, yeah. well, my investigative stop was that I thought it was you. You agreed that it was right. you. And now you're driving on suspended license. I've, I've found this that is, to be true. This is the problem. Uh, so I, I, my understanding after the fact was that he needed a legitimate reason. Because like I ended up talking to lawyers or whatever that – you can't just assume somebody is driving a car because there's a lot of people who would look like a lot of people. And, True. you know, I guess Chicago and Derry has issues with this kind of stuff. But uh, ultimately, my, my complaint is, look, I get it. Yeah, I was I, I broke the law. That's a fact. Yeah. But we, we can't have the rigidity. In, like the, the system can't be this rigid where it punishes young people for silly things like this. And to have like some some 40 year old guy look me in the eye and say, I'm going to put you in jail for one year unless you do what you're told. And I'm like, bro. Like, is there no consideration for the humanity in any of these circumstances? Yeah, I think the answer the, is no. I think it's the empowerment of the people, right? Um, it's our fault to a certain degree that we don't if we don't know the laws. It's our fault that we don't know because because to be honest, we can all look this up. For cop, I mean, this is why I think it's important to empower people to know this because some people don't know they can do this. You can look up these laws and read them yourself. If you go and get pulled over by a police officer and you say, well, what are my charges? And they give you a charge. They write them down. You can go and Google in the, in the state law or whatever or municipality. You can Google the law and read the statute. And it says very clearly this statute has to be met. And if they don't, you're like, okay, I can defend myself in court. Your Honor, according to this statute, subsection so-and-so, this, this, and this. I was not committing this. He put me over illegally. The state has to uh, the preponderance of evidence to prove he has to right. prove more than 51 percent of the evidence that, no, he was right. In, in this instance, the problem I have is at no point are you informed by anyone that if you get two moving violations under the age of 21, they suspend your license. It should. They should inform you when you when you get your driver's license. They don't. You should. You should. Because then you have to go through and look at the laws, the driving laws. You should review them. And hopefully on your driver's license, you confirm that you have reviewed and understood the laws that are on the books. By admitting to or accepting a driver's license, you are accepting the responsibility that you are aware of all the driving laws. And you maintain a concurrent knowledge or an ongoing knowledge of the laws. And if you Dude. don't, it's it's we need to be empowered because if we are not empowered, then we believe that. It's an excuse to not know the laws. And the judge is like, I don't care. Like, wh why don't you look it up? I don't have to babysit you and let you know. You should look it up and know the laws yourself. Or you can hire a lawyer. Or you can, you know. So it's definitely difficult. But we need to be empowered and take our position back of saying, I don't have to default to a lawyer um, I if, just, I, if I just read the statute. Unless it's complicated. I think the system needs the system itself needs to default more to a libertarian stance of, all right, we understand what happened in this regard. Don't do it again. Most of the time it's like that. I, 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 I would get furious at judges because they, they give people too many passes. Um, now I'm talking about a traffic ticket. That's, that's, that's yeah. whack. You know, we would go to the court and people would lose those tickets and they just pay a fine and it's fine. Or sometimes they win. They go, well, I find that there's not a preponderance of evidence or whatever by the state. You, you, you know, you're not guilty or whatever. You, not, not responsible. Not guilty is a, is a criminal charge. But when I would go to court, you're talking about going to court. 
they would let people off all the time. I had a guy, I arrested him four times, black kid. I arrested him four times in, in a matter of like a, a week. One was a felony charge of four felony crimes, trafficking, stolen property, and a whole bunch of other stuff. We, I had a 20 minute conversation with him, a coming to Jesus conversation with him. He goes to jail. I'm thinking that he's going to at least stay in there for a night. The next day we get a call for service of a person pulling on doorknobs. Try, he's trying to get into vacant houses. I recognize him. I say, Hey man, and I'm just going to talk to him. He gets spooked. He runs. He almost dies running in the middle of the street. He goes on a chase. I had to chase him down. We ran through somebody's house, through the house, jumped backyards. He had all kinds of felony crimes he could have been charged with. Um, and, and this is another story of why the lady didn't prosecute. And this is the dumbest thing ever. And I, I have to mention it, but I'll go past that. Long story short, five misdemeanor crimes that he committed that day, which is after he committed felony crimes. He goes to court again, like uh, two or three days later, I catch him at a, in a, in somebody's vacant house. I didn't know it was him. It was a bunch of kids. I go and I'm recognizing him. See him in there, run his name. He has a domestic violence warrant after his arrest because he beat up his aunt and then knocked her windows out of their house. So now I've arrested him three times for felony charges, violent charges. He's fleeing the police. And he, I think it was two weeks later or a month later, I saw him out of, out of jail at a bus stop. It's like, how on God's green earth do you commit that many crimes and you, and some of them are violent, domestic violence, and you don't even, you don't even do a week in jail. I mean, maybe a month in jail. Problem goes both ways, man. That's it. That's it. Some people are given a free pass and some people are given the book. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, and I think that more people get passes than the book. People just don't think so. Give you an example. My family member, 70 years in prison. How did he get 70 years in prison? He shot two, three people. Um, and he was in possession of illegal drugs because I had looked up his, charges and he was a prohibited possessor he was already convicted felon so he shouldn't have had a gun he shot three people and he was possession of of a dangerous substance they gave him 70 years how many years do you think he did or he's going to do 20 Just guess. How, how many say 20 15 15 they're gonna give him 15 he'd be out on parole oh i got it yeah 15 <laughs> oh, 15 years he'd be out on parole which Whoa. is a good like thing price is right you know like which close the number without going but over. 70 versus 15 uh, think about the people right. he shot yeah, They're probably yeah. like, I hope he go to, I hope he go to I don't, hell. I don't, yeah. I don't like the idea that we just say like lock him away for a long time. I think the idea is like we gotta, we gotta help this person. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think so too. Maybe, maybe not if you're, you're dealing with kids. You, you probably should go to prison for the rest of your life. Or you, or you have legitimately raped a woman with force. You should so, go to, you should go to jail until she feels comfortable with you being out of jail. There, That's there, what I think. Different crimes. Some crimes lock them up, throw away the key. I support execution. I'm just afraid of executing the wrong people. But same with throwing the wrong people away for a lifetime. Right, too. But, you know, like you said, some people get the bad end of the stick. Some people, um, you know, they they had appeals. They were guilty. Yeah. They had opportunities at fair trial. They lost. Now it's over. Look, for, for all the problems, a lot of people don't realize we got a pretty good system. Well, the problem, yes, I mean, the big name problem a better is one. Name re- a better one. every human no should read every yeah, law. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the, the flaw in the system that I'm getting is every human should read every law and understand every law, federal and state and local. And then tomorrow, make sure you reread everything or at least acknowledge all the changes made to every law so you know every law at every moment. And if you don't, that's a problem. Bro. Even the people that sign the laws in the, in the law in, in Congress don't read the bill sometimes right. before they sign it Most of the time. or vote on it. See, that's a huge flaw in the system that we're going to need to address. But I don't think you have to know all the laws, just like you don't have to know all the real estate laws or whatever the case may be, because then you have, you have access to counsel. So people who are experts in it, you just need to know the functional laws. Like 
maybe if you're going to speed, just know the speeding laws. Yeah. You know, if you're going to be operating a motor vehicle and, you know, whatever, you need to know how to function the vehicle, know the turns, know like basic laws. If you're going to be murdering people, then you need to know the murder laws. But if you're not murdering <laughs> nobody, you don't need to know laws around murder yeah. or laws around <laughs> aggravated assault or domestic violence or if you're not going to be doing those things. But you can always read these laws and be informed as things pop up. I think it's invaluable for people to watch these cases that go on in the court of law. I used to watch court TV all the time, even when I was a cop, because you learn a lot. Like yeah. the George Floyd trial, people should be watching it, yeah. not only to pick a side, but to learn how the court system works. So when you mess around and be in court, hopefully not for murder, but when you go to court, you will understand the value of defense and the value of functionality. We got to go to Super Chats. Okay, some, some Some questions from the audience. If you haven't already, smash that like button, comment, because all that stuff really does help. You're basically telling YouTube the show is great and you love it. If you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, leave us a good review. Give us five stars. And don't forget, go to TimCast.com. Become a member because we're going to have an exclusive members-only segment coming up after the show. But let's read some of these Super Chats. We do have a bunch of people who are basically already saying that they're so stoked that uh, B. Tatum is, is here oh, finally. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we, 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 we get messages all the time, like every night. They're yeah. like, when's Brandon coming yeah, on the show? Yeah, I get the same messages. Like, when are you going to go on Tim Pool show? I'm like, hey, one of these days we're going we gonna to cross yeah, paths. Uh, uh, B-Wee says Tatum time. Yeah. There you go. All right, so let's try and find some. Uh, That's one of my people. There you oh, go. nice. <laughs> is that your show, Tatum? Tatum yeah. time? No, no, no. It's just a person that follows me. I see, I see the Super Chats when they Super Chat on oh, my channel. Nice. Sean Burrow says, today I didn't have to decide who to watch. Thank you, Tim, and B. Tatum. Keep doing what you do. That's Good show awesome, so far. Awesome. Thank you. All right, Keith McCracken says, long time, second time, do you think that there should be more incentive on trade schools and student loan forgiveness for said schooling? I'm an HVAC tech in SoCal. I think high schools should incentivize trade schools over universities. Love you all. I absolutely agree. 100%. I agree a thousand, a thousand percent. Colleges, colleges whack. You it's, can it's, learn. A, it's a money grab. College is a farce. Yeah. You go and spend $40,000 and don't learn nothing and don't do anything with what you supposedly learn. In the past, the internet. No, I mean, now the internet's out. You really don't. University's kind of excessive. No, you don't. You can buy books. Like, you want to know about finances? Buy books that from financial people who are successful. You know, Dave Ramsey have stuff. You, you like, it's like, it's like credit karma. And I'm not trying to, you know, I'm giving them a, a boost right here, but I don't know much about credit, but I was able to build my credit score over 800 just using credit card. Money. Wow. I just, I just, all I do is look at the things that they say is wrong. It's a, it's free. And I say, well, I'm going to fix yeah. these things. And then, you know, I Google a few things and listen to a few people and I'm able to build my credit. So I didn't need to go to school for that and pay $40,000 to have somebody, <laughs> right you know, tell me about it's feminist useful. studies and, and, and Black Lives Matter and then tell me about finances. Yeah. I didn't need it. All right, Critical Six Games says, can you give my vet buddies Twitch a shout out? It's OZ underscore Rebel. We play Warhammer 40K and talk about lore. We're on most nights after eight. I'm Main Eldar. Love the show. Ian's the best. Trevor's the worst. <laughs> Trevor. We got to be nice to Trevor. Trevor, I love you. I want to hear Trevor's story. Don't listen to the haters, man. Rising, un Rising Underdog says, Stephen Crowder took a knee to the neck this morning for the same amount of time. He was uncomfortable, but talked and breathed the entire time. And they put his knee on his neck. But did yeah. the dude have his hands in his pockets? But, I don't know. Yeah, but the thing, the thing is, and I don't want people to get, you know, superfluous about it, but, you know, the, the question is, did the knee on the neck cause George Floyd to, to go into a cardiac arrest? So if, if, you know, Steven Crowder was high on drugs and, and had a knee on his neck, would it have caused him to go into cardiac arrest? Of course, a normal functioning person is not going to cause him to die. He does like, have a cardiac condition. He though. does. He yeah, does have yeah. a heart condition, which if I was him, I wouldn't have never tried yeah, that. No, but no. <laughs> I wouldn't die over George Floyd examples, yeah, but no. I love, I love Stephen Crowder. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's rad. Uh, Captain says, you finally have a cop on your show. Can you please ask Brandon about military gear that oh. defund police keep talking about? Because to me, it seems defensive only. 
Oh yeah, these people are nutty. <laughs> Militar- militarization of police is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. We need that stuff. And it's more than just running around with tanks and stuff. That's dumb. We need ballistic gear. We need, you know, rifles. Uh, we need armored vehicles. I was on a SWAT team. That stuff is all necessary only to defend the public. We don't just ride down your street in a tank just looking <laughs> who we're going to slap across the head. It's a lot of it is handling these domestic terrorist incidents and critical incidents where people are mass shooting. That stuff is, uh, it's, we need that. And people don't realize this too because I- I've talked about, you know, to a certain degree, the, the quote, quote unquote demilitarization, but I would say my opinion changed a little bit when I had a conversation with someone on the show about the um, options police have. So if you have a cop and literally police just have a, a nine millimeter or a revolver or a pistol, well, when they get into a conflict, they have one choice. I can shoot the guy or I cannot shoot the guy. And if they're facing lethal violence or they're facing any kind of you know reasonable fear of harm, they can choose lethal. If you give cops rubber bullets, if you give them armored, you know, personnel carriers, if you give them better armor, they can choose a whole array of things that prevent lethal force. Yeah. And the confidence, too. You know, if you walk around with a vest on, you if, like I was, if you're not overconfident, but you, you're pretty sure you can stay in the fight and you don't have to, you know, you don't have to panic as whatever. If you go into somebody's house because you got a vest on, if they hit that bullet in a, with a regular handgun in that in that vest that you got, I mean, you can fight back and you can live through it. It gives you a level of confidence, and when you have multiple tools on the belt, you can use other things than shooting people. When you only have a gun, you either get your butt kicked or kill them. When you have other options, you know you can you can be trained and less lethal and de-escalation tactics and stuff, and they all work well. Yeah. All right, Christopher Westerham says, "I asked you this when Michael Malice was on. Maybe Mr. Tatum knows something about it. Why isn't the state pursuing felony murder rule against George Floyd's friends? Minnesota has the harshest." I know it's that's a that's a that's a reasonable question, you know, and I think it's because po- politics. That guy that guy was clearly implicated in a crime. Why 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 is the police officer and the police officer the only ones implicated in this crime when through this investigation they have learned that he was a drug dealer testimony in the court of law by witnesses. He was the drug dealer who dealt drugs that led to the death of George Floyd. And especially once he once they find out he died from an overdose and not the knee on the neck. The, the statute of limitations is not over. They can still pursue charges. They won't, but they they should. They won't do they it. They should, though. but they don't want the city to burn down again. So. It's political, just right. like they paid George Floyd's family. How? Yeah, how, how do you pay $27 yeah, million and we, we don't know who's at fault? How do you pay $27 million? And people don't understand In the middle this. of the trial. In, before the before trial, the trial started. officially started, while they were doing jury oh, selection. Amazing. Right. <clears throat> anyway. All right. Stephen Moore says, hey, Officer Tatum. Have you had many encounters with sovereign citizens? Are they much different from other types of people who resist arrest? I haven't had many encounters with sovereign citizens, but we, we hear horror stories. Just know that cops, when they do meet sovereign citizens, it's a biased interaction because sovereign citizens in the academy are deemed like the most dangerous people and they kill police officers at, at a higher rate. They are, they wow. do not want anything to do with the government. So police officers are. A heightened awareness when you find a person who has a license plate that says sovereign or that you know free or whatever they write on the license plates. Yeah, the interaction with police is very tense because mm-hmm. we are told that they're going to kill us. Yeah, wow. Nathan Rayner says Derek Chauvin did not have his hands in his pockets. He is wearing black gloves. Oh, if that's oh. true, thank you for clarifying that. Regardless, his hands were either in his pocket or on his side, and they weren't doing anything to that's help right. George Floyd, which. 
I'm not making an argument that he should have, but I'm making an argument that the optics were bad. Have you ever known? Have you ever done that, or like just put all your full? Was it was it his you never full put, weight? You never, you never, like unless you're dumb, you never put your full weight. On, uh, this is a tactic that you use that you use leverage. You never put your full weight on the leg that's on the person because as soon as he moves, you done. You oh, fall over and you balance the weight between your body leverage and the weight a little bit of weight on him. The thing is, is that you don't have to put much weight on a person because your knee across the, the, the clavicle or the, or the upper back of somebody is so much more leverage than they have face down on the ground. Yeah. You don't need a they lot do, of force. They do that thing where someone's laying down on their back and you put your finger on their forehead and tell them, try and sit up. And as long as they try and they can't, have you ever done that to someone? Oh, I've finger? never done anything. Yeah. You just hold your one finger on that and don't, they can't sit forward. I wouldn't have you do it as a cop because then somebody, they can twist, finger. they can yeah, twist yeah. up, but they can't sit directly yeah. up. Yeah. All right, Christopher says, Tim, you've been challenged. Professional BMX rider and YouTuber Mike Feed made a video wanting to check out the compound skate park, his tail whip variations versus your flip trick variations. I'll bet on him. Oh, uh, that sounds great. We'll uh, we'll look into him, and That's maybe fun. we'll have him come out. We'll film a video in the skate park because uh, I'll be I'll be honest. I I certainly don't utilize the park to its full extent because uh, I'm you know I'm an old guy. But uh, get someone who's actually a pro or has a career in these in these sports, and we'll film some really amazing stuff. So the the venue stuff that we set up set up in the external skate park, it's called the grind bar. You can actually grind the bar. We we made it so that the bar where you walk up to get drinks is grindable. I think you could pull it off. It'll be real fun. We'll film it. It'll be great. Skateboards? You do Skate, skateboards? Skateboard? Yeah, I skateboard. I've been rollerblading quite a bit lately because it's. Just like mo- inline skates. Right? Yeah, inline because uh, most people can't stand on a skateboard. There's like two people in the house who can actually stand on skateboards. <laughs> Everyone else can can inline. So when I'm trying to get people to go out and use the parks, Fun, funny story. People have never heard me say this. People don't even know this about me. Uh, I used to do when I was younger. I used to inline skate. Oh, for me real? And my brother used to go to state skate park. He used to do bikes, and I used to have the inline skates. My mom huh. bought me three hundred dollars skates wow. when they were young, and I I really wanted to be like an X game dude. And yeah. then I broke my wrist doing a. Uh, I think I tried to do a 520. I can't remember. 540? Maybe five. I said 520. Yeah. Five, they, X Games got rid of rollerblading a long time ago. Too dangerous? Did they? No, no, no. Just no It just wasn't popular. I used to love it, dude. Rollerblading was way cooler to me. And really? Because so I could fun. spin. I could do a 720 off a, off a ramp that was that's this high from Ooh. the table to this high. Yeah. I could do a 720. I had an ability to spin. The thing is, I couldn't I couldn't uh, drop in from a, from these big half pipes. You know, what, one of the things I want to do too is, uh, like I've been skateboarding for 23 years. Wait, no, 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 no. How old am I? 22 years? Jeez, 23 years? I mean, it's a long time. Too old. A long time. Too old to remember. <laughs> and I've done like so much, all the different flip tricks. I've just, you know, basically done a little bit of everything. Never skated a, uh, never actually done full vert though. But I want to get people to come out here who don't just skate. I want to do more of that. I, yeah. I want to get BMX riders. I want to yeah. get in line. I want to get scooters. I'll give me a pogo stick. Yeah. Just, you know, because I don't want it to be about, I don't want it to be so rigid and boring. I want it to be exciting and creative. Yeah. So if someone's got a pogo stick and they can do something crazy on a half pipe, let's do it. That'll be, that'll be crazy. That'll be awesome. You know what I mean? Dude, one day I got to come here and put the skates on, man. Yeah. I haven't put them on since I was young. I think I was, in, I was young. <laughs> don't in get hurt. School. Make everybody sign a waiver. Yeah, I know, yeah. right? I'm going to sue you. <laughs> but no, yeah, like, I think, I think it would be really rad to have someone do BMX. Uh, so here's the thing. I, w- the first thing I want to do is get BMX bikes because everybody can ride a bike. Like yeah. we, I, I show people we, we got some extra skateboards and everyone's like, I can't stand on that thing, let alone drop in or do anything. But you oh, can ride a bike. In. Yeah, drop in is crazy. The problem is I don't know how to make a bike. So I like started looking online for like how to make a good bike. And I, I just don't know anything about BMX. Well, you just buy the frames. 
it's just not, I, I went to these web, I, I could buy a stock bike, I guess, like pre-build, but those are like, pre-builds are never as good as someone no. who knows what they're buying. True. The thing about inline was like, I went to a, a rollerblade website and I just like clicked some things and pressed enter. And then everyone's riding around having fun and they're getting exercise. Yeah. It's easy, yeah. you know? We got an RC car, like a heavy duty one that we're taking on the, yeah, the, the we, escape pipe downstairs. Did it get destroyed? Yeah, it we had to sense. throw the battery away. So we got did. this really expensive RC monster truck <laughs> and we launched it off a two foot ramp and I got it. It's cool because once it's in midair, you can use the, uh, it's four wheel drive by reversing the direction of the wheels in midair. You can cause it to flip and change directions. Oh, okay. You can actually manipulate. So I got it to go up, stop and then do a backflip, landed perfectly. However, the other 99 times it was bouncing around, yeah. smashing, and the, it's a it's a lipo battery, so it got smashed. And we're oh. like, we better we we better not do that because it could explode. That was awesome. Looked awesome yeah. though. So definitely. Uh, long story short, BMX dudes, uh, inline skateboarders, like we're gonna we're gonna have a good time, and you know people are gonna do some cool stuff, and we'll film all of it. It'll be fun. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Let's see. Hunter Atkins says, Tim, I used to be prescribed fentanyl. It came on a one-by-one-inch translucent translucent, translucent patch. It is measured in micrograms. Yeah. 75 micrograms an hour. Patch lasted three days. Evil stuff. Man, yeah. that's wow. crazy. Wicked. Yeah, that's weird. I try not to I try to avoid drugs at all costs, like even when it's medically. Like, for instance, I, my ears, mm-hmm. had, I had fluid in my ears, and I flew on a plane, and, like, I, I, I still haven't got my hearing back in two Ooh. weeks. So, but they prescribed me all this medication. He just went in there. He said, oh, okay, I'm gonna give you a steroid. This, 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 and this. And, and I'm like, I, I'm not taking none of that. I, I just, even though I pay for, I just, I'm not going to take this stuff. I, I'm really reticent about non-plant based stuff in yeah. general, but especially opiates. And they are plant, a lot of them are plant based, but like opiates are hardcore, man. I like to do, I like to do natural, as natural as I can. Yeah. Oil of oregano, I use oil of oregano. Oh, it's so and good that. for you. I, I try to stay natural as possible, man. That other stuff, I don't want to get addicted to anything. Nick8109 says most fentanyl is coming from China. They have unusual laws. They just change the compound by adding magnesium or something. Ian, MDMA, Molly, and crystal meth are completely different. Yeah, they are. But they're both methamphetamines. Mm. Yeah, I know nothing about. I I never arrested anybody with Molly when I was. uh, It it seemed like that was more of a maybe a a southern thing or something Molly. We never even encountered Molly pills. Rich white kid party drug? Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Or, or if you're in the hood, they, you know, they rap about Molly's and yeah, popping true. pills. And yeah, I, I I, you know, and then, and then we say it's a, it's a disease. It's just mm-hmm. not, you know, people making decisions to pop Molly and all this stuff. Anyway. Yeah. Alright. Toxoplasma Gandhi says, I have a rare, painful, obscure disease and a severe case. I was put on OxyTens, which isn't anything. Pain meds are regulated. The problem is that they write old folk off a menu for a disc and guys like me, nada. Yeah, uh, what he's saying, I mean, I hope I'm interpreting right. He's saying that they just write prescriptions like it's going out of style for older people. Mm-hmm. I, I I noticed this, and, and I'm pretty sure you identify with this, man. They just overprescribe. And, and then the pharma, the, the big pharma industry, I, I'm skeptical of them. Because they give you something that need another thing, that need another thing, that need another yeah. thing. And so Either. you got a headache, and now you're taking five pills. And it starts with the food. I, I rail on right. the sugar industry nonstop. It it's is. like the tobacco industry of the 50s. They're trying yeah. to sell it to kids, get them addicted early, and then they try and sell you pills to lower your blood pressure because the sugar made your blood pressure go up. Yeah, you know, you know, or ADHD and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, I, I think that they overprescribe these things so they can sell Ritalin or whatever that mm. – what's that drug? Adderall. Adderall. Yeah. I, knew, I, I know grown people that take Adderall. but mm-hmm. why, why is it that people get – a quart of caffeine laced soda with their fast food meals. All that sugar gives like your body goes crazy. And what happens is I could be wrong about this, but my understanding is when you get too much sugar, your body diverts energy to getting that excess sugar out of your system. So what you need to do is 
take a bunch of caffeine so that <laughs> you got the crash. upper and yeah. so the sugar's hurting you and you're drinking the stimulant to be active. And then you're addicted that, to then you're addicted to caffeine. Yeah. And then you have headaches when you can't go to exactly. That's why I stay away from caffeine as much as I can because I don't want to get addicted. You know, I know people that go to Starbucks every day because coffee right here. They, yeah. they, they have to or <laughs> your head is start night. hurting. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. So or it's I like, just lay here for two or three days in a fatigue mm-hmm. trying to get it out of my system. That's I don't crazy. I, I I do drink coffee every day, but I don't have it that bad if I don't drink coffee. Yeah, yeah some people least, probably don't. Yeah. yeah, it's like if Do you if, drink natural coffee or are you are you Yeah, we, we get this like special organic biodegradable Keurig thing. Yeah. It's like oh, made yeah, of yeah. corn or something. Berkeley some Berkeley coffee. SF Bay. Yeah, SF Bay, I like that. Yeah, Very it's like good. really good. And, and that's what and, you drink? Yeah, also Krigler coffee. Adam Krigler yeah. has his own <laughs> coffee company. Right. Only the best. Only the best. <laughs> Code Red says on the Parmesan cheese tip, when you're smoking crack and you run out, start thinking that thinking about all the pieces that you dropped. Due yeah. to this, you start hunting for whatever's in the carpet. In the carpet. Spin the gorilla. That's what he said. Is, is that what he said? Yeah, that's what he yeah, said. What he he said. grabbed yeah. Parmesan cheese out of the carpet and smoked <laughs> yeah. it. Man, that's a powerful drug. I'm going to give the gorilla a little spin. Oh, it's too heavy to blow. Manual spin. <laughs> Let's just pretend. <laughs> okay, you got your spin. Beautiful. Got your gorilla. Crystal Sparta says, to Brandon about opioids. Yeah, but what if you need that strong opioid because nothing else works to relieve the pain? It's extremely difficult for my brother to get what he needs because of these yahoos that abuse it. No, yeah, I agree. I agree. And it's a problem. I mean, it's a problem with everything, just like food stamps and government assistance. Like, you know, I, I think that in some places people need it. You know, at one point in my life, I used it for three months and I got off of it to get do something better. But same thing with the opioid, because these nut jobs are out here abusing it. And, big, and some of these organizations are just throwing them like candy. Yeah. Now people that really need it are not getting access to it because they got to jump through these hoops. So I agree that that needs to change. I, I really wish that we can get a hold of it. They used to give soldiers morphine like in World War oh, yeah. II, particularly in Vietnam, and they'd come back from like a, a massive wound. And they used to, as they eject them, they'd come back addicted to morphine, yeah. which is an opiate that would lead them to heroin yeah. and other opiates. Yeah, we got a big that. one. Jonathan Galtarini says, we should talk about how Biden says he will be signing executive orders on gun control tomorrow. I only own one gun, but I love knowing that people around me have guns in Texas. I feel safer knowing good guys have guns. But what 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 ex- I got to read into this? What exactly is is, it, is executive order supposed to do? Because I can't imagine it'll do much. I no, I have know. no idea. It'll get struck yeah. down by the courts in in five. And minutes. states are not going to abide by. It. They don't have to. You know, just like they have, uh, you know, the sanctuary cities for illegals. You can have sanctuary cities and sanctuary states right, for sanctuary Second Amendment. We're in one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like, <laughs> where, where I live, they Maricopa County and uh, another county, I think is Pinal County, are fighting or they are sanctuary counties. To where they're not going to uphold or enforce any of these unconstitutional Second Amendment laws. Good. The ATF will, though. Yeah, but good luck. Yeah, they might. That's a great thing about this decentralized United States, man. Because in in like Chile, for instance, it's only federal police everywhere. There are no state police. Yeah, if you if it's a federal thing, you're that's it. The boot is on your neck. So right, right. There's no way they're going to be able to the function with 300 million guns and households or whatever, a hundred million rifles, they're not going to be able to get everybody. And, and, and I'll tell you what, this is the hill that, that I'll fight on this one. Um, so I hope that they don't try anything like that. Yeah. Let's see. I know Jansen says B Tatum. Do you know donut operator? What's your opinion on him? Oh, I, I don't know him, man. He's funny, man. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get my videos like he is, man. I, you know, it's funny. I thought about starting another channel. 
inspired by you, Tim. Oh, wow. You got all kind of channels everywhere. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to start another channel uh, about diagnosing these, these law enforcement interactions and just giving a, from a police perspective because you don't see that, and most police officers that are currently on the job, they can't do that. Donut Operator has a channel where he's doing exactly what I'd like wow. to do. His stuff is funny, though, man. That dude is funny. I, I was like, dang, he's I'm great. not funny like, like him because <laughs> yeah. he had this one video where this dude kicked the he, he came in a house i think somebody had a knife or something the dude just boot stomped this guy and it was the funniest thing i ever seen i, I think he kicked him so hard his shoe came off oh, the, wow. cop, the cop kicked him so hard his shoe came off which the guy deserved it. i think he was like holding somebody with a knife or something oh jeez wow all right christopher uh, scamra says i love that you guys are entering into media production i'm a film producer and dp from ohio looking to contribute i send a message to spin the ufo and the info email to hopefully start a conversation would love to collab Definitely, um, but there's only so many people here so far, so it's going to be slow growth. You know, if we were like a thousand-person company, we'd be able to greenlight tons of projects. But but we're getting there, and uh, we're going to start doing entertainment shows, comedy shows. Like uh, we're 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 looking at a sitcom right now. Really? Yeah, like legit, just producing a sitcom because comedy is powerful, and we need people who want to make fun of these woke weirdos and cultists and bring back comedy to like a sane, normal place. One hundred percent. It doesn't have to be. Pushing conservatism or liberalism. It just has right. to be regular people making fun of people who are stupid or crazy, you know. Right. Because ridiculousness is not political. You're just a dummy. Like some of these people are just dummies. I don't care what political stance you're on. What, you're, what people are saying is just absolutely ridiculous. But I think it's great. We need to win back the war on, you know, culture and, and, and comedy. Jake Benoist says, Tim Cast already the best podcast out there. And then you go and bring in the officer Tatum. Please ask B. Tatum to give us all a ladies and gentlemen and gentlemen and ladies. Let's get into this. Thanks for all y'all do. All right. I'll do it for him if you don't mind. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen and ladies. Let's get into this. <laughs> I love it. See, I got to do my whole spew to do it right. But I think, I think they got the gist of it. I love it. Right on. <laughs> Tilt Rod says, Sir Robert Peel developed a set of principles that would define ethical policing in 1829. I believe these Peelian principles need to be reexamined and taught to our police forces. Has your guest ever heard of Sir Robert Peel of the, uh, or these principles? No, I never heard of it. Never heard of the principles. Um, and and I, this is what I would say. I, I think that most people that, that want to criticize police, and, and it's good criticism. I criticize them all the time, that do a ride along with a police officer or go and tour the police facility, know what police officers are being trained before there's commentary because a lot of people say a lot of things about police not not talking about the person who's super chatting but i've seen it come up where people say a lot of things about the police and they don't know they don't know anything that police do they go why do they should be trained like this it's like well they, they are that yeah. dude is an idiot he, he, he was trained not to do that you right know, you don't shoot a person in the back we don't yeah. train to yeah, shoot somebody yeah, yeah. in the back it was that, which case was that walter uh, scott walter scott that's right yeah. that was messed up what was that it was that guy went to prison though right the yeah cop? he went to prison let me say this every cop that has done something wrong has been indicted in my personal opinion, Walter Scott was a clear example. He shoot the guy in the back. The guy had owed like $40,000 in back child support, which his, I'm sure his baby mama probably wanted him to get shot in the back. He, he, you know, he didn't pay his child support. He gets pulled over and confronted by the police. He fight the guy. He fight the cop. Knock the taser out the guy's hand and take off running. So the cop, which is a bad cop, and I hope he go to jail for the rest of his life, he shoots the guy in the back. No, I, actually, I hope he get the death penalty. He shoots the cop. He shoots the guy in the back, which he won't, but he should. He shoots the guy in the back, and then he goes up and puts the taser on him and and try to stage it. Wow! Um, and oh, I think wow. I think Walter Scott was an idiot too. I mean, you, you you got what was coming to you. Do you deserve to die? No, but you got what was coming to you, and that cop should should, should get the death penalty. I'm not. I'm, I, I oppose the death penalty. You saw him. Do I it. think it should get the death penalty. I think any cop, like cops, like regular people, maybe you can negotiate. But if wow. you have a badge and a uniform on, 
and you it's kill somebody in cold blood like that, you have a heightened responsibility. You you should get the death penalty. You know better. Mm-hmm. You don't, I'm not saying I think contra- the leftists would agree with you. I'm man. not saying a controversial shooting. I'm not saying a George Floyd, you know, a George Floyd situation where it's a controversial death. When you shoot a man in his back as he's running away, not a threat to others, you have no articulable reason and you plant a taser on him, mm-hmm. you have murdered him in cold yeah. blood with a badge on. You should get the death penalty. Wow, man. That's that's my thoughts. Trevor Brantigan says, "I am Trevor." So we've discovered tre- who, who Trevor yes. is. Trevor has emerged. Hello. All right. Welcome. Let's see. Crumbopulous says, first Super Chat, love the show. B. Tatum is the real middle class. Needs to come on the show way more. I'm inclined to agree. Yeah, yeah I agree too. Crumbopulous. No, well, you're always welcome, I man. You know, yeah, chatting because yeah. I like hearing Tim away, say your so. name. Yeah, right. <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm on this side of the world. Dude, I'm this is great having you on the show. Yeah. yeah. I felt like we barely just got into, because talking about the cops and law is so important. Yeah, yeah. And then you had another guest on here that didn't know these. We didn't even about talk about no knock warrants. Oh, really? <laughs> Having you on with someone to debate would be cool. Yeah, too. would be. That'd be fun yeah. too. Yeah, into <laughs> arguments. We're gonna do it. Yeah, just a debate. We don't have to argue, be mean with each other. Just, just yeah. a conversation would yeah. be really good for the people. Not like point to Brandon. Point. Not like the re- one of those debates. Yeah, yeah. All right. Clay Pyre says, "Please make sitcom." Um, we we got a plan for it and other things too. Comedy specials. I I actually want to just get a, a comedy special. Be one of the easiest things we can do, because yeah. we know a lot of these great comics. They make amazing comedy. It is. You look, comedy is just getting too close to woke. Not everyone like Dave Chappelle, Joe Rogan, Ricky Gervais. Ryan Long. They they poke fun. Ryan Long definitely, but so we we want I want more of it. And I want to yeah. I, I, you know like Comedy Central is just not. Oof, you know what I mean. We need to make it sexy again, man. Make yeah, comedy fun, fun and happy. Yeah. And I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a quick story that happened to me. And, and people nowadays they'll they'll pee to bed and, and cry themselves to sleep. One of my really good friends. He was a redneck white guy, and I'm an inner city black guy. And we used to we used to poke fun at each other every day. And we always try to one up each other. He one up me like nobody's business. In the briefing, every every officer, you know, every once once a briefing, we'll, they'll bring food. So everybody takes a turn. Guess what he brought? Food for me. What did he bring? Fried chicken. Oh my! He brought watermelons. <laughs> he brought grape uh, Kool Aid. <laughs> something else stereotypical that he brought. Brought. Oh. They were like a black person thing, and, and, and I, it was the funniest thing ever. He, <laughs> he won all time. But people nowadays would be like, "What a racist!" He I brought a I watermelon. I can't even bring myself to say collard greens because I thought people were going to call me a racist. Yeah, see, but they're right, delicious. Right. They're, they're, yeah. I grew up on collard greens. Yeah. Like, they're amazing. Every every holiday we had collard I never greens. had them until I was older, but, but they're amazing. You know, he's basically doing like it because he's, like, he's playfully ribbing you as his buddy. It's yeah, funny. and it's funny to me because it's funny to both of us. Racism and all this stuff, is, is, is it's like whatever. He's bringing up all of these stereotypes that are funny to us because they mean nothing. Right. And somebody brought a, if you brought a watermelon here, like, hey, Brandon, welcome to the show. <laughs> I'm not going to be like, I can't believe you have a watermelon. <laughs> Racism. I'm like, I, you know what I don't get? Like, because of this, now all of a sudden it's like bad to have watermelon or fried chicken. Yeah. They're, it's good food. Who like, doesn't I love, love that? I, yeah. Listen, I don't, like, I don't know a white person that don't love fried chicken. Right. I don't know Dude, of one. And if you don't yeah. love it, you're not getting the right person cooking exactly. it. That's just it. <laughs> For my birthday, I ask, no cake, give me a watermelon. Put yes. candles in the watermelon. <laughs> watermelon is a, a bomb. We used to put, uh, Dude, and I know, I know this is, this is real ghetto, but we used to put, uh, Kool-Aid packs in the watermelon. Oh, nice. Wow. And, and put it, it in up. there, mix it in there. Make oh, it Dude, that's smart. It's bomb. I mean, it's not healthy. That's why we got diabetes and stuff. No, no, no. I watched this video where they, they cut a hole on top of watermelon. And then take a beater and put it in and mix it around, mm. and then it basically makes juice. And they tap it. Yeah. You can put yeah. Kool Aid in there, mix it up, yeah, and make it up, like make juice. That's what yeah. we used to do. Wow. And then you freeze it. You freeze some of the watermelons with the juice on it. We were dehydrating you know, watermelon strips. You know, so 
so yeah, so um, I've never tried that. What, we, so what I used to do back in the day, me and Adam, we would take you take cuts of watermelon, and you dehydrate it overnight in the fridge. You put paper towel on it, then you bake it for like forty five minutes. Really, and it feels like a piece of fish. So it's like a vegan recipe for making a fillet that you then flavor. So we would put like garlic, onion, and a little like really? teriyaki on it, and then we would put it on a sandwich with cheese or something, or you know, vegan cheese or whatever. I hope my wife is listening to this because you can also I want her to make that for me. You, you vegan? vegan? Are it's you it's, vegan? it's like a vegan re- uh, meat replacement thing, That's it, dude. Oh, it's amazing. You can consistency. Eat, I'm so not good. vegan, but I prefer vegan. Yeah, dishes. You mix it in with with meat dishes every few days or whatever. But you can eat the white part of the watermelon rind. It tastes like oh, cucumber. Yeah. If yeah, it does. And yeah, if you eat a little bit of the red and a little bit of the white, it's like a new food. Super good. Co- totally different than all of them. Really, yeah. I wonder what the nutritional value is. Probably really good. Well, I'll, 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 t- yeah. I'll tell you. I'll, let me tell you something. Talking about how everything's racist and how stupid it is. We, we, had, we had Alex Jones on the show, and he kept making this joke about Ishmael, I am a gorilla. Yeah. So we made these T-shirts that say, I am a gorilla, right? <laughs> now, there was some big snafu where they got misprinted, and it looked really, really awful. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that. I'm going to get into this critique from the leftists who were like, it was already bad enough that you made the racist shirt to begin with. And I'm like, yo, what's racist about a shirt where it's a cartoon gorilla telling yeah. you he's a gorilla? Like, yeah. I don't understand how there's race in that. Because they they think black people are gorillas, dude. That, we're all descended from gorillas. I'm descended from gorillas. Well, from we're a all shared, descended from gorillas. Sh- Ian, a shared ancestor. The point, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the point shared is, shared ancestor. No, gorillas no, the, and I have a shared ancestor. I, 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 this was the craziest thing to me because we had uh, um, who did we have? And we're talking about this. Was it? Uh, um, I forget oh, his name. Oh, apparently, no, 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 no. Um, did you hear gorillas live in a constant state of flatulence? Oh, because really? they eat so much vegetables. Yeah, That's apparently. Oh, wow. Well, anyway, what happens is like. When we made this, we thought it was a funny thing. Like, you know, Magilla the Gorilla, Cartoon Gorillas, it's funny. And it was a joke about, you know, Alex Jones. And then these leftists are like, I can't believe Tim Pool made a gorilla shirt. And I'm like, uh, what? That's crazy, dude. They're, 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 listen, when it's the projection thing. Right. They are racist. They think black people are monkeys. They think black people can't use computers like Joe Biden. They think black people don't have identification. What? So they pitch it out there and they get mad at other people and hold people accountable to their own demons mm-hmm. I, most people don't look at gorillas and think of black people and then actually if you cut the if you cut the hair down on a gorilla they're white i mean yeah i think of humans so, when i look at them if anything you think of they humans? look so human i mean I, I don't think of black people i mean i think of an uh, animal yeah, yeah a hominid, you know animal yeah. I, you know I, I don't i don't think of people. if i had to think of another animal other than a gorilla i think of a human they yeah, look kind of humanoid. Yeah, they yeah. do look kind of. They, they, yeah. Listen, I don't believe in evolution from humans to, I mean, apes to humans or whatever. But I have to admit that they do look f- creepily, uh, creepily similar to humans. We're all primates. Yeah. They do. They look very similar. So when I think about God, I'm like, God, you really, I don't know if you were playing with us, but you really made monkeys look very <laughs> similar to us. Like they're, they're like one of the only species that look kind of like us. You ever see uh, like capuchin monkeys? Mm-mm. That's, that's it's like cool. we're primates, man. You know, yeah. Yeah. all these different similarities. It's funny watching. It's funny watching like capuchin monkeys or like other small monkeys because they just look like little people. You know. Yeah, and I know some people that look like monkeys, and, <laughs> and they're not just because they're black, but they actually look like they look gorilla like. Yeah, hairy. I see that was that was racist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, but I said hairy. Black people are not hairy. It's a human race. <laughs> uh, we'll do a couple more. Um, Proby the tank says Tatum. If you want to get in touch with Donut, hit up his staff on Discord. We can direct your messages to him. 
Yeah, I'll hit a staff up. I love Donut. My, 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 my guys keep saying, get with Donut, get with Donut. Yeah, because yeah, we'd love cool, to have him on as well, man. Yeah, yeah, you should have You should have both of us on one day. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Let's do it. Because Donut do was it. a police officer as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He does really good. You know who he is. Ed yeah, yeah, of course, cool. of course. I love his stuff. Yeah. I, I just, I, I thought it was funny that you, you were telling that story about how you're going to get donuts. Yeah. When the, when the guy was like, arrest me, and then you have Donut Operator. It's like cops just ribbing at themselves in the stereotype yeah. of donuts. Dude, it's like, it's like, who don't like donuts though? Like, do I, do I put a uniform on and I just say, hate donuts all of a sudden? It's like, no, I love it. Why is it, what's the Donut thing is it because there's a little bit of sugar for energy, a little bit of carbs for energy. No, no, I think I think that people normally drink coffee and coffee. donuts in the morning, and, and pol- generally police officers would have donuts and coffee back in the day. And I mean that's just my theory behind it. Um, and that's that's they were open exactly. Some yeah. of them are open, open early in the morning or yeah. whatever, late at night. And uh, you know I used to I used to drive through Dunkin' Donuts in my patrol car, and it was hilarious because people I saw them taking <laughs> pictures of me. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to get this cinnamon roll yeah. and yeah, give me man. a coffee before I start saving the world. So. <laughs> yes. We'll do, we'll do one more super chat here. It's the most important. Clarence W. says, if you don't like fried chicken, you're wrong. That's right. You're a racist, actually. That's right. It's actually, it's, it's actually different now. It's not that if you, if you associate fried chicken with black yeah. people, you're racist. No, 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 no. It's that if you reject yeah. the good old, you know, home there cooking you of yeah. fried chicken, now you're, now you're yeah. rejected. How, how dare you? Yeah, yeah exactly. But fried chicken is good. I don't even think that's, I don't know where, Maybe maybe black people started southern, thinking that they yeah. do it the best because it's a southern thing. Right. Barbecue is a southern thing. Uh, um, collard greens. Southern collard greens thing. is a southern yeah. thing. You know, I, I I think that my grandmother cooks it the best now. You know, but <laughs> I think people in the south think all kind of stuff. You know, gumbo we, and all this stuff. It's a southern thing. I'm we, recently we made cinnamon toast crunch shrimp, but then we made Captain cinnamon Cru- toast crunch shrimp. Yeah, because there was this big story. In the New York Times about a guy who got shrimp tails in his box of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Oh, really? That's how it tastes. And then somebody used it as a breading for fried shrimp. <laughs> and he used he, he made a habanero pineapple reduction right. sauce. And I saw that. I was like, no, 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 dude. Cinnamon Toast Crunch shrimp calls for a ginger sauce, a ginger garlic sauce. And so we made that. It was really good. Oh, and then good. I was like, we got to make a Captain Crunch chicken. Apparently, that's a real thing, though. People do that. You, 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 Captain Crunch chicken. You take Captain Crunch it's and you, 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 uh, uh, you blend it up into powder. You smash it. And then you use it as the breading for, you know, fried oh, chicken. It sounds like a peanut butter sauce, kind of. Yeah, yeah, peanut yeah, sauce. yeah. Peanut sauce. But then we made honey nut Cheerio chicken with barbecue sauce. And that was the best. Because it's basically just like a honey barbecue. I don't know you if you guys together. are geniuses or you got too much time on your hand, but. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of that's not, not, really not, good. Not, not too much time on our hands. Chemists. Did you but, get hey. it right the first time or no? So that when we did the shrimp, we actually burned the first batch because <laughs> the oil was too hot. Yeah. But the second batch we put in was perfect. Wow. And then when we did the Captain Crunch chicken and the Honey Nut Cheerio chicken, perfect. I got to tell you, man, it was so good. Y'all should have. Why, why, yeah, why you didn't make none before I got here? I know, right? That'd be yeah, good. What, why? We, we, we made Sloppy thinking? Joe's, man. Y'all got Sloppy Joe's? Those are good, yeah, by the way. Yeah, and from scratch. What the heck? I covered them, so they should still be good. Yeah, you should definitely oh, really? try one. It's, yeah. it's, oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Good. All right, here's what we're going to do. Now we're thinking about food. It's not vegan. My friends, smash the like button, subscribe to the notification bell, and go to TimCast.com, sign up, because we're going to have an exclusive members-only segment coming up. Just about an hour from now, and that will be on the website. So become a member, help support the work. And I'm going to tell you, when you become a member, your membership, the, the fee you pay or whatever, the money that we get, we're going to be using it to make comedy specials, TV shows, movies, music videos. I'm, I want to I want to make stuff. I want to build stuff. I want to inspire people. I don't. It's not about left or right politics. It's about inspiring young people to be personally responsible, I guess. I'll put it this way. When we make a sitcom, it's not because I want someone to adhere to my political values. It's because I want someone to look at those comedians and say, those guys are cool. I want to grow up to be like them. You work hard. You succeed. You make something awesome. 
So if we, if you become a member, we're going to make awesome stuff and we want to inspire younger people to try and grow up to be hardworking and successful. That's what it's all about. Just inspiring the younger generation to just have a good time, but to understand what, what it means to work hard, to look up to people that, you know, you can be successful and respected. You can do that too. That's what we're going to be doing. So go to timguest.com, become a member. Don't forget. Share the podcast if you really do like it. Leave us a good review. You can follow me on social media at TimCast. My other YouTube channels are YouTube.com slash TimCast and YouTube.com slash TimCast News. Brandon, you want to shout out anything you've got going on? Yeah. Um, mostly it's my, my store. The people that like this shirt, Christ Privilege, you know, um, that's, that's a great generator for us to do great things for other people. We donated yesterday. It was yesterday. No, it was Tuesday. We donated twelve grand to uh, a young man at X for Boys. I don't know if you've seen. Yeah, he, yeah. he has a he has a uh, mentorship for young boys that he take them. He mentor them. He actually took custody of a few of them. So we donated like twelve grand to him. You know, people in the super chats helped us out. But my store is is one of the things that we use revenue to, to help out people on, and um, it's called the Officer Tatum Store. The Officer Tatum Store. Go in the store. I, I think I was going to make a, a discount code for people on your show. Did you? Um, oh. Yeah, I did. I actually did. I forgot it, but I did. <laughs> you did it. So 25, 25% off for anybody on the show that want to shop at my store. 25% off. Put in discount code Tim. Oh. Put in Tim. Y'all can't forget that Good one. Code. There you go. crazy. But you put in Tim, you get 25% off. So thanks. Very cool. Thanks. You got a YouTube channel, too, Yeah, right? YouTube channel. The Officer Tatum. So if you put The Officer Tatum on anything, you'll find, um, you'll find me. Put The Officer Tatum. You'll see my store. You'll see my YouTube. You'll see my official website. Um, you know, uh, I have a new site called Tatum Report. Uh, we're working to make the, to improve that. We want that to be more excellent. So cool. um, you can find me on all of those things. Right on. Nice. Very cool. Uh, I'm at net, and you can just find all my social media accounts from there, mines and the like. Thank you guys for coming. I love you so much. I am Sour Patch Lids on Twitter and Minds and Real Sour Patch Lids on Gab and Instagram. Great conversation. Thank you for coming, Brandon. Awesome. We, Thank you guys for having me. Definitely, man. Uh, and we will see all of you over at TimCast.com in about an hour. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you then. Bye, guys.